No, it, no the, listen to the oh. clip. It sounds weird. I can't hear anything. You're not sharing oh. your screen. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> 11 degree weather. <laughs> Fucking nauseating. Yes. <laughs> yes. Troy Bean. From Television City in Hollywood. The following rustic exhibition requires discretionary viewer participation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 109 of GFA Live. I am your host, Peter Winston. And today, we get to a very infamous episode of WWF Superstars. June 27th, 1992 is infamous for, well, the destruction of a once great tag team. You know, the, the beginning of the end, shall we say. And there was nobody that I would rather have on this journey. Then my amigo, my compadre, my best friend in the whole world, a man who on Saturday was Gilligan to my professor, Mr. Keithy Langston. How are you? We were PT109 this Saturday. Yes. Wonderful. (laughs) Yes, we were out on the boat. Um, Our bar, Chris, has a boat, and we went for like a nice little boat ride and then sat up on the beach, and we regaled each other with many stories about... Oh nonsense! We weren't allowed to talk about podcasts or yes. podcasting business. That was that was excluded. <laughs> Several people actually said, "Please don't bring up that fucking podcast." <laughs> and we were like, "Okay." Why does everybody hate us? I don't. Understand. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. I, I don't think we're horrible people, but maybe we are. I don't know. I mean, it's possible. But I know I looked at you when I was like, "So what, what do you think about Vince?" And we got no, 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 no. No, no, no! We got like that a lot of times, so... But, um, it was good, and then... No, no, no! Yes, yes I was I was a big fan at one point of... Uh, we went out onto the water, and, uh... They had... Our friends had tied up some, some floaties that attached to the boat that we could, like, sit on and kind of, like, float around the little harbor that we were at. And, uh, I believe you... I believe you clapped for me when I tried to roll out of the floaty, and I just, like, completely fell into the water, and... You know, it was, I, I almost drowned in, in I, I was like Jackie Jr. I almost drowned in the four feet of water at the uh, penguin exhibit, uh, you know. Well, ordinarily, you're so graceful that I thought it was a pratfall. So I, I was applauding like you were fucking, look at this guy. He's fucking Groucho Marx over there. <laughs> He's the Groucho Marx of uh, Wingersham Beach. Sure. And then I, I was a big fan of putting my chair in the water, which was kind of cool. So I, I took my little beach chair and I put it in the water and then I sat in the chair and Bar Chris was was commenting how as the tide was coming in, you could slowly see it creeping up my chest. And, uh, and I think at one point you were like, "We'll get you out when it gets to your mouth." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, oh no, I said I'd send you a fax. Yeah, you'll when, send when, me when a it... fax. What it was? <laughs> yes. You'd send me a fax to a place that doesn't get faxes. But okay. No, so we had a really fun time. Uh, we had a fun time on Saturday. I mean, little did we know that there was going to be. So much else going on in the world of not only professional wrestling, but our obsession with uh, go- uh, Goodfellas, Godfather, everything in between. I mean, gangster movie, Sopranos. I mean, I don't know what to say. What do you think? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, we 
We, we, we lost another of our drops. This is the fourth guy. You know me. I would like to help you out. And you have, Polly, very I, much. Yeah. I, We're losing I, everybody named Polly. Well, we are, you know, and and I think I think I said to you earlier. You said you commented. I mean, somebody's got to somebody's got to wrap bubble wrap around uh, the new Paulie, uh, Paul Levesque. Somebody's somebody's got to wrap him up because now he's in charge of the whole kitten caboodle. Well, no, I was thinking. Well, you you were thinking of Paulies. I was thinking more of people who are drops on this show. Out. Yeah. Well, no, especially. No, I mean, yes. We have security outside uh, Yuji Okamoto's secure, uh, Seattle area restaurant yes. just to make sure that he's okay. Yep, I mean, that, it's, that, it's that pre- he's feeling all right. It's pretty much, it, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much costing me my entire salary from my day job to make sure that I have secret service payments for him. But as you know, he keeps telling the same thing to all the service agents. <laughs> No talking. I know, and it's like, I mean, buddy, they need to keep communications. It's uh, he's he's known as um, he's known as Eagle Fang. They've given him the code name Eagle Fang, which is kind of odd because I believe that dojo went out of business. But okay, it's a little it's a little weird how he refused to get in the car with the Secret Service. So it's, yeah, uh, he's not the first not the first guy to do that though, from, yeah, from yeah. what I understand. So um, yeah, I mean, as if. You know that that's one thing, but oh yeah, Vincent Kenny McMahon retired. Cool. I know. <laughs> and, and, and for anybody who didn't think that that was legit, I mean, I, I did say on this. What did I tell you? <laughs> All right. What did I tell you was going to happen on this podcast? I mean, just think about what he did, and that was that was the reason why what happened happened. I know. I know. It's a shame. It's unfortunate. I mean. The bigger thing, though, is yeah. that I want to know if they're going to stop. He's going to go. Well, oh. he's gone. He's gone, Richie. <laughs> I'm sorry, Richie. You're, Richie's a little late, both in spirit and in uh, <laughs> saying in that Vince has to go <laughs> in drop form. I didn't. Um, I, I, I wonder if I wonder if Vince is going to be forgotten uh, just as quickly as he forgot all the people who retired and left and left his company over the years. <laughs> It, yeah, it would be funny if they just ignored the last 40 years of history and were like, and just like, all right, our greatest champion again is Bruno, followed by Backlund or Morales. You you can decide. <laughs> Superstar Graham, welcome back to the family. Yeah. Be great. Yeah. It's like in 02 when I thought that they were going to uh, change the name to Worldwide Wrestling Federation again. Yeah. It's just like, oh, just go old school with it. No. We got to go WWE and then. Do you know that technically, I guess, WWE doesn't even stand for World Wrestling Entertainment anymore? Like, it's just, it's just an acronym. Like, oh. you know, it's just it's just three letters. It's like scuba. Like, nobody refers to scuba as the thing that it actually is. It's just scuba now. Well, isn't it like uh, safety? Qua- I don't know. I thought scuba was like an acronym. It is. <laughs> but nobody, oh, but it's, yeah. but oh, but like, nobody says that, yeah. It's not like when you buy the scuba book. That it says like safety under something Barracuda under Aruba, whatever it stands for. Well, Aruba certainly would be nice. Aruba, Aruba. Well, there are a lot of bo- I mean, Boston people is in in Aruba is ubiquitous. I mean, you can either go to uh, you know South Boston or you could go to. <laughs> You know the the Divi Resort in Aruba. E- either way, you get your your dose of Boston accent. 
you know, that's I, I've never been to Aruba, but I've heard a lot of people from the Boston area say that. So I'm going to have to agree with you. Boston, Aruba is like, Aruba should be called Fenway South as far as I'm concerned, but you know. Well, when, when I was there in 2017, and I, I, I probably told this story on a very early Greetings Valentine, because I, th- I think I went to Aruba between, like, episodes four and five. Oh. Um, uh, our, our friends, uh, Bar Chris and Sarah, the same people with the boat, they arrived in Aruba during, like, the last two days that I was there. And on their plane with them was former Patriot Joe Andruzzi. <laughs> ah. And they were in the check-in line together, and I went up to say hello to her and Chris, but Andrewsy was there too, so I had to say hello to him. Never mind that I'm not wearing a shirt; I'm wearing like a, just a towel around my bathing suit. I, I said <laughs> my my greeting to him was very Vince McMahon. I said, "God damn, pal, how are you?" <laughs> you shook his hand. Oh, like, God damn, pal. Like I like I played left tackle alongside him in Super Bowl sure. Thirty Eight or something. I believe I mean, you did though, didn't you? <laughs> Uh, where was I? Oh, actually, I was at Bar Chris's uh, place in uh, Las Vegas for Super Bowl Thirty Eight. Oh, yeah, you were playing armchair quarterback. That was the position you were playing. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. I, I missed Janet Jackson because I was outside smoking. If anything, let that be a lesson to you, kids. Don't start smoking. Don't start smoking or you might end up missing some titties. All right. <laughs> Just, what an opening. What, a, what an opening. Look. What, what a uh, masterful opening. Look, I I, I I was so sad when I looked at, uh, learned of Paul Servino's death because I, 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 I ob- obviously I loved him in, I in Goodfellas. I can't picture hardly anybody else in, in that in that role. He was he was perfect. He's got so many so many great lines, uh, some of which we've played on the podcast uh yeah. time and again, but uh, although I, but I, but I, I also want to say he is a he's a hell of another he's a hell of a good actor as well. Like I, I, did, I don't want and I know like all the news was saying you know Paul Servino best known for his role in Goodfellas and then apparently he was in Law and Order for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you look back, he played he he does an incredible job as Henry Kissinger in the Nixon movie that uh, I think it's Oliver Stone does Nixon. Um, He's he. It's really good. He's actually he does an amazing Kissinger impression, which oh. I don't know. Yeah, like he, he messed up was it? Like he does that great impression of him. So I just I've always been a fan of Paul Servino's work. Um, it's a shame he's gone. You know, his daughter is still with us. <laughs> yeah, and I remember when the Me Too stuff happened, and I think there was something to do with her and uh, Harvey yeah. Weinstein. And yeah. Paul, Paul Sorvino, you know, probably about 78 years old at the time, was, like, ready to go fuck some shit up on on behalf of his daughter. Sure. And, and, that, I, and that always I, stayed with me. Yeah, because I bet you he would have done that. He absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's the kind of guy that, while there's never been stories like uh, Paulie Gaultieri being, like, a real mafia guy, I bet you Paul Sorvino had phone numbers of people he could have called to get things done. You know? Yes. Yeah, so I, I, may, may may you rest in power, Paul Servino, R.I.P. Yes. And now we get to the and now the, for a lighter side of the news. <laughs> uh, yeah, this this thing of ours that that we do where we talk about 1992 WWF occasionally, <laughs> in in between talking about Casino and Goodfellas and my cousin Vinny and Karate sure. Kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So, as I said, this is a rather infamous episode of, of Superstars because of, uh... yeah, we're going to meet Rocco. Excited? <laughs> no. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yes, I'm excited. Of course I'm excited. I'm about as excited to meet Rocco as I was the other night watching the Red Sox get humiliated. Do you know that their run differential in the in, in, for the last five games has been the worst since, like, the 1890s? Oh, yeah, I, I heard something that, that referenced the 1894 Louisville Colonels. And yeah. I don't know if you know this, but I'm a huge mark for 1890s baseball. I, I swear on a stack of Bibles this is true because of this book that I can actually see from where I'm sitting called Where They Ain't by Burt Solomon. That's a history of the 1890s Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> what? Wasn't that, wasn't that the team that later became the Yankees? Uh, no, they actually became nobody because uh, the National League in ni- 1899 was um, was was pretty bad. Um, oh, in, in that there was twelve. You're gonna fuck everything up. Uh, that oh. was probably the order of the day because there were there was a bunch of teams where they were owned by the same person. Like there was uh, one person would own. Oh yeah, teams. yeah. Yeah, so what yeah, do you yeah. think? What do you think happened? The same thing yeah. as two people who own two fantasy baseball teams in the same league. Right. They just right. transferred all the good players to one team and left the other team with trash. Well, the 1899 Orioles were the team left with the trash, ah. but, but they actually were the best of the trash teams. They were kind of an underdog story, but then they were they were Kaputsky by the next year, 1900. Which that, then getting rid of like four teams then led to the American League being founded the following year. So, well, there's, were, your, there's your baseball history lesson for today. Well, I know everybody wanted to know what my opinions were of that game the other night. And I'll, I'll just be honest with you. It's just really <laughs> sad. It's just really sad. 28 to 5. Sad? I got a better it, word. Fucking nauseating. <laughs> it was. It was fucking nauseating. Thank you. Thank you, Carlo. I, I, it was. It's fucking embarrassing. It's fucking nauseating. It really is. <laughs> See, I mean, it's just. Fucking they, nauseating. Yes. They sound, that's two of them. That's, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah, I have the same drop twice. How about that? Nice. And it's complete. And you know what's funny? It's a, there was nauseating for two completely different things. Carlo was upset because he found out that Vito was sucking cock. And, uh, and, 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 and Phil was upset because, because, uh, John allocuted in, in, in court. Well, yes. Well, they are fairly comparable things, right? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. My, my opinion of, uh, my opinion of, um, of, um, Filiotato just jumped as a man because of that. <laughs> fucking nauseating. And, but, uh, and, and before anybody wonders, there was a famous Orioles game where they lost thirty to three to Texas. Uh, I was not an Orioles fan at that time. That was two thousand seven. So uh, I, I cannot speak to that. Other than the interesting thing about that game was the Orioles led three nothing after three innings oh. and lost and lost thirty to three. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. I know everybody was saying that. Well, you had said that the uh, the Red Sox fucked everything up because they didn't score. They didn't let the score get to twenty eight to three, <laughs> so that so that we could have hoped for another big comeback. <laughs> yeah, uh, that the, they couldn't do anything right. I mean, they no. they they're down twenty seven three. So of course they put a fourth run on the board. 
this anyway. super the, yeah any any who any who this superstars we've now changed locations we're away from where were we Syracuse New York Krupp no we were at the Krupp Arena oh in, right and uh, yeah. Lexington right yeah we were in Syracuse a while ago I yeah. but uh, anyway now we are in Hamilton Ontario oh we're going at, north yeah at the Cops Coliseum which was the site of the 1988 Royal Rumble which oh. It was. Uh, <laughs> I was. I. You know. I almost said it was one by. Just you said which was one by, and I was just going to blurt out the United States. <laughs> but then I realized it was Hacksaw Jim Duggan, so it's pretty much the same fucking thing. The United States. <laughs> well, yeah. I I, um, uh, Cops Coliseum opened like only like a year or two before before the '88 Rumble. And the idea was to build that arena to attract an NHL team. And here we are, 35 years later, and uh, no NHL team ever got to Hamilton. Although it came, it happened, it almost happened with the Nashville Predators, which is where I'll be this coming weekend. Yeah, you're going to try to be a Predator while you're in Nashville, right? Hi, <laughs> uh, uh, I'll, I'll be splitting town on Sunday, but uh, that's, I'm sure we'll work that story in organically as this show goes along. Well, what I find, I just want to say one thing. North of the border, where the Eskimos play, we're going to Hamilton. I like uh, this. You're thinking of the Edmonton Eskimos, but they actually changed the name because that's uh, uh, not a uh, proper no. uh, name, name to use anymore. Hamilton is the uh, Tiger Cats. Why would they have, why would a professional hockey team go to Hamilton when Toronto's like what two hours away? Yeah, Hamilton's actually closer to Buffalo than it is to Toronto. Yeah. To Tro- oh yeah, my the- God, you're absolutely right. Toronto, Toronto could support at least two NHL teams, in my opinion. You think so? But they, it would cost so much to indemnify the Maple Leafs, and also you'd have an uphill battle. Uh, although, uh, although I do think that there is a populace in Toronto that would root for a second. NHL team, and it would it would be uh, it would be enough to sustain it. All right, so we're, we're, I'll go ahead. I, I was gonna say that would mean that if they had another team in either Toronto or Hamilton, that would means that Ontario would have three hockey teams. <laughs> yeah, but think of it; it's like you know a, a hockey capital of the world. I mean, I know, but that would be funny that there'd be three hockey teams in one. More provinces, but more more NHL players come from Canada than any other state, and uh, than any other country, (laughs) and more players come from Ontario than any other province in Canada. Well, because Edmonton has a team, Calgary has a team, Winnipeg has a team, Mm -hmm. Vancouver has a team, uh, Ottawa, Toronto, Ottawa, Toronto. And Sask- Saskatchewan doesn't have any. How come, like, Regina or Saskatoon doesn't have any? Uh, the St. Louis Blues tried to move to Saskatoon in 1983 when, sure. Ra- when Ralston Purina, the owners of the team, abandoned the team mm. uh, because they were not allowed to sell to a group that wanted to move the team to Saskatoon because the NHL, which usually isn't very bright, they were actually smart and like, wait a minute, you're going from St. Louis to Saskatoon? Fuck you, you're not doing that. <laughs> it's like talking your friend out of like making an ill-advised decision sure. when drunk. 
Like, yes. oh, you're gonna you're gonna leave this large American city to go to like the twelfth biggest city in Canada? Yeah, I don't fucking think so. If they went to Saskatoon, would they have played in the arena that Bret Hart beat Ric Flair for the world title in 1992? Uh, I believe so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I'd never never thought of it that way. But <laughs> the, the home fa- of Bret Hart's title win. <laughs> the fact is, if the Blues had moved to Saskatoon in 1983, they probably would have moved out of Saskatoon by about 1996. So. Back to St. Louis. <laughs> probably back to St. Louis or somewhere else. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, all right. Our dearly departed friend, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, <laughs> is here. He's not fucking dead. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm referring to Vince in the past tense here. He, he, but it, it'll be the past tense soon enough. I. I really wish that he was doing the thing where he was telling us, like, what's in Hamilton and, you know, telling us when the circus is coming to town, shit like that. (laughs) But instead, we're getting, you know, national, you know, cow tipping month. We're still getting that? Oh, let me see if I can guess what Vince is going to say. Well, well, I don't I don't know if we are getting that, but. Oh, okay. Well, if I can take it, if I can take a guess, nonetheless, I'm going to say that he's going to say. Coming to you from Hamilton, Ontario, the home of one of the women I'm fucking that I'm giving $14 million to. <laughs> like I said, that, like, by the way, that number went up a little bit. Yeah. On, like, the, the K-8 filing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was only the stuff we knew about. And let me assure you, let me assure you that reissuing financial statements is a fucking pain in the ass. All right? <laughs> so. All right. It's all so, coming out. <laughs> I like how Vince insinuated that he could have been Canadian at one time, but renounced his citizenship. <laughs> it would have been really funny if Vince was like, Alexander Hamilton's not Canadian. Alexander <laughs> Hamilton was born in Charlestown, Nevis, British Leeward Islands. <laughs> I, I also regret to inform everybody that uh, Vince is wearing the, pow- the powder blue yet again. And not the uh, dark blue that you may or may not have in your possession I, right now. I don't, I'm beginning. To it's suspect. the jacket. <laughs> I'm beginning to suspect I probably have Craig DeGeorge's jacket and not Vince McMahon's. I'm sorry. Does it, does it have like something about a first communion uh, sewn <laughs> into the inside? Well, think... what, what is this confirmation uh, program doing in the pocket here? God. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. I'm just saying that uh, Craig DeGeorge is the size of a 16-year-old at that oh, time. yes. Yeah. I think actually, you know what, I'm sorry. It's not Craig DeGeorge. I think it's Billy Red Lion's jacket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, all right, so let's listen to the rest of Mr. Perfect not being oh, funny. And his awful, his awful speech that is not written by Bobby Heenan. <laughs> George Hamilton, he's not from Hamilton, Ontario. Well, he sure is, McMahon. He grew up right down the street from here on Hamilton Beach. And you've got to remember his daughter, the great figure skater, Dorothy Hamilton. You've got to remember her. I think you're a little confused, Earl of Hamilton. I'm confused. (laughs) I'm confused. 
Bishop Mayor from another galaxy. Oh, there's nails. Oh, boy. Yeah, they're referring to the Legion of Doom thing as a special interview, but it's not like that at all. We, we, <laughs> ju- we just go to the junkyard. Yeah, all your favorites this week. Kamala, oh, tor- yeah. Tornado, Nasty Boys. Do you know that we're under, like, a tornado warning right now? Oh, are we? Yeah. Am I or are you? I mean, you live in, like, you know, a weird part of the state. Category 5 tornado, uh, or Category 5 Texas tornado means uh, 50% chance of getting hit with a stolen prescription pad. So anyway. anyway. Uh, Bulldog. I'll see, my, I'll see myself out. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little off. We're recording on a Monday here. This is not, not usual for us. That's okay. We got it. We got it all together. So we got bull, we got Bulldog in there, and Looks like he's uh, wrestling. Uh, what's his name? Well, for a minute I thought it was Chick Donovan, but uh, uh, it's definitely not him. No, I don't think he was. It's actually Nick Danger is his name. Well, wow. <laughs> Danger is his last name. <laughs> his he's middle like, name is his middle name is not a lot of. Uh, <laughs> he's wearing like plain red tights and they look like they're they look like they're ready to fall down on him at any point it's like the bad long underwear that i have sure that doesn't fit right he's also going at about three quarters speed yeah i'm trying to think who he looks he looks like oh uh, who's like one of those who, he just looks like that random you know 80s wrestler with with blonde wavy blonde hair you know well he he either looks like johnny valiant or or uh not, not, not Jimmy Valiant. Um, Christ, who the hell was the fake Valiant? Uh, oh, gentleman Jerry Valiant. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Bulldog with the delayed vertical, which I don't think he's done in like every squash match that he's had. No. Uh oh. Uh- <laughs> All right. Bulldog's got the inset promo. I guess. Uh, I guess Repo's got a got a well deserved day off. Um. Hold on. <laughs> oh, he's yeah. Not right. about the Warlord. $1,000 from me to you. I will Venmo immediately if he talks about the Warlord. Warlord. If he accidentally says Warlord as some sort of Tourette's of the mind thing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But no, Bull, Bulldog and Repo Man is the hottest thing we have going. Mm-hmm. That That isn't about fucking the other guy's wife. Sure. <laughs> Which, by the way, I'm counting Brett and Sean as uh, as that because ooh, you know, you know that ooh. there was some sort of undercurrent going ooh. on. Mm. Just because I ooh, because Brett's wife was not attractive. <sighs> I'm afraid to say anything right now. Earlier on, Repo Man, you tried to hang me over the top rope with your toe rope, and you failed because the British Bulldog is still here. Now it's time for you to go to the British Bulldogs' obedience school. Uh, again, again, with the fucking horrible... Ju- Did he just say obedience stool? Obedience school. He said stool. Fucking nauseating. Again, with the fucking jokes, the bad puns. Who's writing these? Oh, it's, it's Vince. So, all right, you want to rebook 92 WWF without Vince? <laughs> Uh, it, that's a tall order. <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to pay our respects to Vincent Kennedy McMahon. The a, 
a Vincent Kennedy McMahon. A sex fiend who, who went too far and, and got busted. Sex fiend. Although, although I'm sure Bulldog had his proclivities. All right, his match is over. So there Thank you go. Thank God. Look at all these polite Canadians uh, applauding the Bulldog, having no idea that he's going to be part of the biggest Canadian stable that there ever would be with the uh, with the Heart Foundation of 1997. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, I thought that there was a bench-clearing brawl happening in the baseball game that I have in the background. Oh. But it, but it was actually guys just walking off the field at the end of the oh. inning. <laughs> I'm confused. Um. It's a man from another galaxy. Oh, you got a one program for everybody who cares about their body. And you can order IcoPro and find out a whole lot more by calling 1-800-634-1010. Well, say what you want about IcoPro, but it's not marketing to kids. I mean, you're not you're not trying to sell this to a ten year old. No, no, oh, they're not. I, I mean, and I don't. I mean, I don't necessarily know if it, this wasn't steroids that they were selling. It's just, it's just a, <laughs> at least that we know. It's just a lot of shit that they're just putting pumping out. I mean, you know, it's it's protein powder. It was a world class laxative, for, by <laughs> by all by all accounts. Right. Like, what you do, and and you know, since they're pumping both of them on these shows that we've been watching lately, you eat one of the ice cream bars, and then mm-hmm. you take some ice. Then you take some Ico Pro and you just shit it right out. And it sure. Clears- <laughs> I don't know why not, why why it needed that, but you're not wrong. Yeah. I mean, just shit it right out. I had no idea what the update segment is going to be, but apparently it's going to be Tatanka, and he's going to go talk to some kids. And uh, th- this could be somewhat interesting. Hey, this looks like it's Plymouth Plantation. <laughs> well, I, I don't think that's like uh, a lot of positive memories for Native Americans, Plymouth Plantation. <laughs> it's not exactly Pine Barrens he's walking around in now. Yeah. I'm leaving thirty-eight thousand dollars on the table. That guy, that guy looks like Tatanka. I think he's lost. He's like looking around, like where, where am I? Where the fuck am I? Also, he's wearing his gear too, which is funny. You'd think he would put on a shirt. However, he also discovered that when your name is Tatanka, your time is not always your own. Enthusiastic fans surrounded him at every turn. But as always, Tatanka found the time to reiterate. What? <laughs> that would have been the that would have been the only time it would have been appropriate for IRS to show up and be like, it's not always your own. Tatanka, I'm here to collect. <laughs> Tatanka when your name is Tatanka, it's like, okay, well I'll be sure not to name my kid that. Well, your name's I- Tatanka. Actually, when my friend Merrill, uh, when his wife has a kid, when I'm when I'm in Tennessee, uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to recommend they name they, they name him or her Tatanka. Doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't matter. It's actually no. uh, Tatanka is the kind of name that works for both a boy and a girl. Yes, it's gender neutral. <laughs> you didn't know this? Yeah, and what kind of what kind of rhyming thing? I, I, I there's no Peter Peter Pumpkin Eater for Tatanka. 
the um, fuck? You're gonna be like no. a, you're gonna be in like eleventh grade before. Uh, it's going to be 11th grade before kids figure it out. So, yeah, more people should name their kid Tatanka. That's a fucking nickname. All right, well, <laughs> it means buffalo. It'd be funny if they It'd be funny if they named their kid Joey Peeps. <laughs> Peeps? That's a fucking nickname. <laughs> okay, so, so you just shook hands with, like, a very small child. That Native American message. And I guess he's going to give a heartfelt speech here. So, so it seems like Tatanka is getting a Native American Bob Backlund push. You know, the thing that upsets me about this, and I'm going to go on a little bit of a soapbox here for a minute, mm-hmm. is that the Native Americans, like, they, they, they've had a rough go low these past 200 and something years in this country, right? Or 300 mm-hmm. years in this country. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're, in 1992... Well, this is 90. Yeah, this is still 92. They're being greeted by this chicanery, this <laughs> carnival act. It's, and, and, like these poor kids are looking and going, wow, this guy really represents us. No, no, he really doesn't. <laughs> like, I just want to make that clear. Yeah, he well, doesn't. I, I will give him at least that he is an actual Native American who did, right. you know, reference his own tribe and, and wasn't yes. just, you know, fucking some italian dude from west orange new jersey like mm-hmm. uh i don't know where i don't know where strongbow was actually from but uh All of you know. it sounds about right <laughs> so <laughs> so do you want to hear a tatanka motivational speech please yeah i'm what dying eagle to hear feathers this. stand for eagle feathers are the highest honor that an native american can have these feathers were handed down to me by great 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 grandfathers so but that fucker rick martell stole them from me <laughs> <laughs> are we just are we just sweeping that under the rug now? Is this where we pivot Martel to Sean? Uh, well, did he get the did he get them back yet? Are these the actual? F- I I don't know. Somebody hold on. We gotta like... hear. We get. We gotta hear and see if he references Rick Martel in this. <laughs> Why is he talking about Ludwig Borga? Who's Ludwig Borga? Don't worry, don't worry about, about it. <laughs> Rick the model Martel. <laughs> Say so literally the next words out of his mouth were were Rick the Model Martel. Oh, Gl- glad they glad that he differentiated from other Rick Martels. So that's out there. what I'm saying. Like seriously, these kids are listening, going, "This guy's like a hero to me," and he's fucking cutting a promo on Rick Martel. Oh. <laughs> Haven't you always wanted to be part of the update segment? <laughs> Come on, kids. As far as he's concerned, I'm going to come after him full blast as far as Tatanka and make him very, very extinct in the War Wrestling Federation. You know, what I'd like to close on, you know, which is very, very important, you know, again, you know, all of us here, I want to thank you very, very much for having me here as adults, the young kids. Again, the youth right here, this is our future here. I want to make sure that, you know, everything that you do as far as school, make sure that you stay in school. Make sure that you stay away from all the bad things in life, which are drugs, alcohol. These are the things that are the negative things in our life. They will not get you to where you want to be a winner or the goals that you want in life. So make sure you do all the right things. Make sure you obey your mother and father. Make sure you obey your elders. Very, very important. And most important, remember where your bloodlines is, Native American, because that's what I stand for. Every day when I wake up, every day when I go to bed, that is on my mind all the time. That's what I symbolize 
in the World Wrestling Federation. Anybody that does not know what my red hair symbolizes, the red hair symbolizes the bloodline of all Indian nations. So this is something that's very sacred to me. So remember where you come from and be very, very proud that you're Native American. I actually kind of enjoyed it until the, the gimmick thing at the end. I, I, I just, again, all of this nonsense, and then two years later, he sells out to Ted DiBiase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, imagine, like, like he got a view of Ted DiBiase as a manager for about six months. Yeah. Like, I'm, I have my kayfabe hat on. And... And agree to like, that. Yeah, that's something I want. To, that's something I want to be a part of. Is like Ted, ama- Ted DiBiase is a manager. Uh, imagine if like a, there's a six-year-old kid who went to that and saw Tatanka Chris Chavez do that speech, and that mm-hmm. kid is filled with the emotion and elation and pride and joy of Tatanka. That's his hero. And then when that kid's eight years old, he sees him sell out to Ted DiBiase. <laughs> that kid's life was ruined. That kid immediately ran to the firewater. I'm given that those kids were probably heartbroken by Tatanka doing that. I'm going to estimate that 72 percent of those kids from that are dead now. (laughs) I mean, why not? Everybody else on this podcast has been has died. So pretty much, sure. Except for Flair. Flair's still hanging around. <laughs> F- Flair's still hanging around for that last match, although um, I, I will I will not be attending. Uh, but by the way, we have we have original commercials here, but there's not if there's anything interesting, we'll let you know. Is this for a movie? And risk everything to be world champion. I'm gonna whoop you. Not this time. Phil Morris, Robert Vaughn. In an exciting true story of the first sports superstars. I ride to win. The epic miniseries, Tracks of Glory. At eight. On the <laughs> I ain't never heard of that movie before. Oh, this is a Boston. This is... Oh, there he is! There he is? There stop, she is! Stop, no, that, mis- that... stop misgendering your hero, Jody Shulman. There she is, Jody Shulman. Oh, this love is just Jody. Right, right before her collections. I want... In this room, you have to know what you're doing. If you suffered an injury in an automobile accident or on the job, and you think someone's to blame, don't find yourself here unprepared. Yeah, unprepared. With over 30 years' experience in personal injury and workman's compensation law, help you. This is the it's the thickest accent on WWF TV since Cindy Lauper. Hey, listen, Dane. Dane knew exactly what to do putting Jody on Jody on television. Absolutely. I wonder what she's doing now. Uh, probably, probably. Uh, getting close to retirement age, I would oh, imagine. She's down, oh, I just looked her up on LinkedIn. She's down in uh, Miami, Fort Lauderdale area. Holy shit! Look at this job guy. He looks like a, he looks like a cross between Sting and Oz. Uh, not Kevin Nash. Oz. <laughs> uh, do you see it? He. I was gonna say he looks like Sting and Dan Spivey. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. It's it. It's actually Rick Johnson. And he's mm. teaming with Chico Martinez, who looks exactly like a guy named Chico Martinez. Oh, it's the Nasty Boys. Yeah, we haven't seen them in a while. No. We see them more in 91. <clears throat> I, 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 so, so anyway, back to the point. Uh, this is actually a good point for me to discuss my uh, 
my my plans in Nashville. Yeah, because nobody gives a shit about the nasty boys. Well, uh, Perfect just dropped a reference to them being from Allentown, which mm. which is true. Although technically Whitehall Township. Um. Uh, on on Sunday, of course, Ric Flair's last match. Uh, Conrad's organized elder abuse uh, going going on there. Yep. And instead of going to that or going to anything else in Nashville, I will be taking my rental car and I'll be driving four hours in one time one time zone over to Cincinnati. Yes. For the for the Orioles Reds game at Great American Ballpark. <laughs> so proud of you. Oh yeah. I'm so proud of you. I'm probably going to have to record something like on the road because I'm going to stop at like weird roadside stuff. Please. Pro- probably not for too long cuz I've never been to that park before and yeah. the thing that sealed the deal for me is is you know my friend Merrill who's having a kid. He's never been to that park before. So now I want to have that over him. Oh, there you go. Cuz he's been to like a million stadiums and it's like screw that. I, I- I want to have that and uh, the Civic Arena in Pittsburgh, which I'll always have over him because it's been torn down. Mm. So, yeah, Nasty Boys, who uh, are like the definition of, like, what, what are they doing at this point? I mean, they're the second Jimmy Hart tag team still. Yeah, they yeah because they were behind the Disasters, and now it, they're behind Money, Inc. Yeah. And, uh, uh, of course, they would eventually turn for almost the exact same reasons as Money, Inc., as uh, Natural Disasters did. Is this close to their turning? I don't think it's that close, but, okay. um, and I am now reminded of what they were doing. Yeah, they well, were, now they we were, are, yeah. They were na- they're kind of like a better quality heel gatekeeping team. Yes. And uh, they are facing the brand new team of uh, <laughs> high energy. Oh, puff, puff, give. It, let, let, let me tell you something that I, I have found in recent evenings of, of watching 92 WWF that I really enjoy Coco Beware promos during this time period. <laughs> <laughs> they, I, I enjoy them in every way. I love the way him and uh, Brett, uh, Brett, Owen compliment, compliment each other Said in there. No one ever. What do you, what? All right. Owen needed. I'm just kidding. Owen needed a little bit of a personality guy in the team. Not that Owen didn't have a personality of his own. Yeah. But it's, it's like with Brett. Brett needed Anvil there to kind of give life to what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, listen to Coco. How could you? <laughs> I, I don't want you to forget Coco. Okay? I, well, I, want I forgot you... Fat Dom. I forgot, <laughs> I forgot, I forgot Fat Fred. <laughs> forget, forget, forget Royded Vince, who went back to Greenwich and never came back. Forget Kevin Dunn. <laughs> oh, Kevin Dunn is retiring in order to uh, pursue his true passion, which is gnawing on wood and building dams. He's gone, and we couldn't do nothing about it. Forget oh. John Laurinaitis. <laughs> Forget Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> yes. Did, did I, did I, I already did my something to wrestle bit, but I think that was off air before yes. we were recording. Uh, 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 Book of Baller, 1991-92. And then I would be like, hey, he's stealing our bit. Nobody's allowed Nobody's allowed to talk about 92 WF. That's a hot thing. 
<laughs> uh, I'm, you hear about how I'm going to kill Ric Flair this weekend? <laughs> well, luckily, luckily in Nashville, uh, that that type particular brand of elder abuse is legal. <laughs> so, what a oh, God! All right, I want to hear Coco. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what, fat boys? You guys are gonna be in for a big surprise. You step in the ring with the yeah. Birdman and the Rocket. Yeah. We're gonna use you as our launch pad, and we're gonna blast off. High <laughs> How can you not love that? That's fucking glorious. I take it all back. Perfect. I take it all back. Perfect being like, shut up, you. At the end, and, and Coco clearly. All right. Coco really hadn't done much in, like, 91. Like, he wasn't no. around. He, I think he went back to USWA just to kind of just kind of work. But, like, clearly Vince loved it when Coco would do the, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then that's why he would do it. And it delights me as well. Because Coco, Coco Beware is one of the most consistently entertaining, like, personalities in wrestling. And nobody wants yeah. to admit that. Because if there's one thing Vince loved more than hillbillies... Or maybe not more, maybe not more than hillbillies, but just as much as hillbillies. It was definitely like black guys shucking and jiving. Well, of course. I mean, that type of thing gave us Tyrus, who I believe is now the Newsmax Wrestling Association television champion. (laughs) 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 All right, we made it through the Nasty Boys match with a minimum of Nasty Boys content. Now, is Jimmy Hart wearing a Nasty Boys jacket? Has he stopped wearing the no, other team's the, jackets? No, yet? he's got the Nasty Boys jacket okay. on. I just, I'm always confused, because when he's not out in the black jacket, it confuses yeah. me. See, it says Nasty Boys it's, on the back. Okay. It's just weird, because it's like yellow and orange. Well, you know, it, it, you, knew when the, you knew when the team was done, or you knew when the person was done with Jimmy Hart by this point, because he, he stopped wearing their jacket, and he just went to Just <laughs> Money, Inc., yeah. But actually, at this point, is Jimmy only managing Money, Inc. and the Nasty Boys? Yeah. Uh, no, no, he's, no, he's got Mounty. Don't oh, forget. He still, yeah, he's yeah still don't, don't forget Mounty. But yeah, he's not really uh, too active in, in, in singles. Which is crazy, because his family was... He, he was his, he was up there with, like, Slick and, and Bobby Heenan as far as managing, like, singles guys, too, you know? Yeah. Uh, we, this is the uh, obviously because we had we were joined by Jody Schulman earlier that uh, this is the Boston version. So we got Worcester Centrum promos for that upcoming TV taping on July 20th. The Worcester Centrum. Yeah. Now, now the DCU Center, I believe. Mm. And it all begins at 7.30 p.m. 7.30? I'm not going to make it there in time. High energy! World Wrestling Federation title holder, the Macho Man Randy Savage. Together they collide with Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair. Uh-oh. And, yeah, we get the Flair and Shawn promo, and I would presume we get what, what you've been waiting for, is the Brett sure. and uh, Macho Man promo. Yes, yes. I... Frankly, I, I can't get enough of these, like, Sean, Flair, Perfect, Sherry promos. Because they're actually mixing it up. Yeah. 90, 92 Vince is in the his house. Mm-hmm. And, and they're actually recording different stuff. Now, I'm pretty sure with some guys, 
they're like, all right, well, just we'll just record one or two things and we'll just re-air those. But not with these guys because, I mean, I'll, I'll even tip my cap to, cap to Sean because he's, you know, this, this is his big push, so he's working his ass off here. And mm-hmm. having Flair there is uh, <clears throat> certainly elevating to him, I would say. Yes. Mm-hmm. An endorsement for GQ, Vanity Fair, People Magazine. It could be all of it. But what it is, Hitman and Macho Man, is the two most well-rounded wrestlers in the sport today. You know, Sherry and Sean, I've always thought you are cool. I'm going to stand by and watch you two gentlemen really enjoy yourself. You know, it goes like this. You got Bret Hart. He won't face Shawn Michaels one-on-one. You know what? No guts. And you got the Macho Man. The... I thought it was because they just couldn't agree on a fucking finish. <laughs> they couldn't face one-on-one. Oh, oh, wait, that's, oh, wait, that's later. That's later on. <laughs> I, 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 won't do the, I won't do the job for you. Well, that's okay. I wouldn't do the job for you. Okay. Wonderful, guys. King on top of the hill. He won't jump on this. You know why? No guts. They go to bed every night looking at us and saying, Woo! What's causing all that? I'll tell you what. Success. Woo! Is Flair better in like a 30 to 45 second promo or do you like it more when he gets the full like two and a half minutes in Techwood studio? I think it depends. It depends on who he's with and how new or hot the feud is, because I think that at this point, the Savage Flair feud is is was, th- this is why they probably started having them in tags, because it was starting to die out. I mean, you didn't have the Elizabeth thing anymore. You had the. It just wasn't as hot as it was at the beginning. And I think that was Flair's... I think Flair's great in short bursts if the feud is either old or if the feud has just got no energy to it, you know? And it serves to elevate Brett and Sean by associating those guys with their respective tag partners. And what do you know? By Survivor Series, you're having a champion versus champion match where Brett's the world... yeah. Yeah, where Brett's the world champion... And Sean's the IC champion. Before you hit play, look at that picture of Perfect. <laughs> look at his face right there. Yeah, he kind of... It's kind of funny. His eyes are lit up in um, in, a, in a certain kind of way. I, yeah. What kind of likeness is I that? I don't want to speculate. <laughs> Wait a minute, Pete. That's your whole fucking podcast. Wait a minute. Speculating. Perfect. Were you doing drugs at the time of this, <laughs> of this uh, promo being made? We need to know. He doesn't seem like a drug guy. I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's a little. Apparently, uh, he, his English isn't perfect. I which, I day I day Which which we could tell from I did from his intro where with the Hamiltons. It's, I it's, snorted it's, a little bit out of my collection. <laughs> yeah, the the H that he was on was short for Hamilton. Understand <laughs> <laughs> the bit. That you guys are probably really, really, really scared right now, and I understand that completely. Mr. Perfect on the outside of the ring, freaking out completely because I went and got the hitman, yeah. And you went and got Shawn Michaels. But I get the better of the deal, Ric Flair, do you understand that? And even though it's three versus two, with Mr. Perfect on the outside, you guys are outnumbered because we're better than you guys. Yeah, we are. We're legends in our own mind compared to you guys, even though you guys got the 
the egos. We have got the wrestling skill. And this guy right here. And I'm talking about the hitman. Thank you. You gotta much. be bold to wear the gold, boys. You're up against the best. We might as well call ourselves the excellent executioners. Because Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect, I want you on the outside to watch us destroy the nature boy and the boy toy. You're just not good enough to beat us. We're the space cowboys. The Golden Tag Team set to face Rick Flair and glorious. Shawn Michaels. <laughs> uh, the Space Cowboys. Yeah. I, 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 you know what I would call them? Maurice. <laughs> <laughs> team Maurice! <laughs> nice. Come to the ring. Yes. I mean, how awesome would a feud between Savage and Brett when Brett won the title would have been? That would have been so good. That That's... That's the WrestleMania 9 match that's always kind of a what-if, because Savage is just down at the fucking commentary table the whole show, which is just a, hori- like, a horrific waste, because, like, oh, oh, Savage is done. Well, he clearly proved later that that was not the case, although although he did wreck his knees at a certain point and couldn't go anymore. But Sa- Yeah, wasn't he- it, the, it was the double axe handle off the cage that fucked him up, I think. Yeah, Vince? Yeah. Vince totally underestimated, like, Randy Savage's appeal and staying power just on the basis of this 92 run not going as well as he might have hoped. And it's really unfair. But did it not go well? Or is it the fact that he was saddled with just perf with um, flair? I mean, and I'm not saying that. I mean, that's almost like crazy to say that he was saddled with Ric Flair. But, I mean, that's it. I, that's the thing I see. That's what drives me crazy looking back at the history of WWF and looking at like people in their title runs and how they get saddled with one fucking guy that the whole run. And it seems like the run is they're seriously doing four loops with the same guy. This was like the fourth or fifth loop that he was doing around the country with fucking flair. Give the guy somebody else to wrestle. He should have had a. He should have had like two run series or one run series against Shawn Michaels. He could have had a fucking another one run series against DiBiase. He could have had a. He could have had a friggin' one run series against Rick Martel just around the around the you know the the bend. I don't understand. Well, I hate when they do shit like that. And then they turn around. and They go, well, you know, numbers aren't doing really well. People already saw, like, everybody in fucking Nassau saw him fight Flair two times already. Why are you going to go back a third? Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, the, I mean, the whole business was kind of, you know, it was not. Eh, it was see, not, not. I guess. I, you, you could, I mean, there's a reason why Hulk Hogan split. He, he could see what was happening. Also, the fact that he, <laughs> the, the, the steroids had, had put him in hot water with, with the Arsenio thing. You know, I'm not going to, I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm going to, I'm going to stop you right there because I think, I think the reason why Hogan left in 92 is because he knew in 91 at Joe Lewis arena, when he was wrestling the undertaker, no one gave a shit about him anymore. And he didn't like being booed. And yeah. I think by 92, or even late '91, I think Vince was like, you know what, man, this train is, th- this train's over, this mm-hmm. ride's over, and Hogan's like, what the fuck, man, I don't want it to be over, and he left because he absence makes absence makes the heart grow fonder. Whether or not you like him or hate him, he did get a pop when he came back in '93 to save Beefcake, 
You yeah. know, well. I mean, and and maybe he would have been getting cheered if he didn't friggin' politic himself into winning the world title. But I just think that it bothers me when they say, yeah, you know, wrestling was kind of taking a dip in '92. I don't know why. I think they had a lot of talent in 92, and they had some... They only... You know, in reality, they only lost, like, three or four names. They lost Hogan. I mean, granted, they were Hogan, uh, Piper, Piper, and Jake Roberts, but... Sid, I mean, Sid, Sid. Sid, too. I will say Sid, but I mean, you know... But you had Sid. The fucking Warrior came back. I mean, you still had Warrior. You still had Flair. You still had friggin' Bret Hart, Davy Boy Smith. You had Flair. You had... Savage, Shawn Michaels. I mean, you had a bunch of people. You had a face, Fred and <laughs> Uncle Fred and John. I mean, I don't know what anybody else is looking. You had fucking Repo Man. There was, yeah, there weren't enough. There weren't enough singles heels. No, and and that's why Repo Man was the number three heel in the company <laughs> at this point because they awesome. they were pretty thin. How awesome would it have been a nice round the horn tour of Repo Man and Savage in like title matches? <laughs> Oh, I, you know what? I I think the he stole my hat uh, thing is uh, uh, enough. Yeah, I, I don't think we need it any more than that. <laughs> Once again, with this being a show airing at the end of June, mm-hmm. clearly we're getting whatever the Married with Children rerun is that they're advertising yeah. for uh, for Sunday night. The Bundys aren't known for their brains. Daddy, do you think I'm stupid? Well, but that may change. I'm a genius and you are not. <laughs> when Kelly joins a club for the super smart. Of course the Soviet Union was bound to fall. I mean, it's all the way on the edge of the map. Sunday, beginning at 8 on Fox 25. You can tell You can tell around, what is this, probably about season 5. Yeah. And you, they're, they're into the reruns because the season's over. And what are they rerunning? They re, they ran a Kelly episode the week before, and now they're running another Kelly episode again. Yeah. So they knew where, the, they knew where everything was. And look at this. A Married with Children ad, and right after, a fucking advertisement for the Church of Latter-day Saints. <laughs> Can you think of more diametrically opposed things? The Mormons. <laughs> Well, as they were known then, I guess they... I know. I like that. No, it used to be Church of Latter-day Saints, the Mormons. They've changed their name to the Utah Commanders. Ah. (laughs) There is a purpose for you. Our Heavenly Father wants you to understand it, to know you are not alone. Phone now for your free copy of our Heavenly Father's... I'm going to keep my cynicism about religion to myself right now. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, good for you. Yeah. Miami Beach, Florida, with Razor Ramon. Yeah, yeah this has been uh, a delightful run with these Razor vignettes. And I, I, I had one of those text storms with you recently. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably should have sent this out as as GFA text, where yeah. I was I was going through like July of '92, just just kind of screening whatever the version on YouTube is, which is probably different than than the one we're watching here um where where i send you a bunch of text messages and and you've clearly uh (laughs) you've clearly gone to sleep and uh yeah i said why i said holy shit next week's razor vignette is kind of funny and that's referring to this one okay i have pinpointed the exact moment when lod died and it's the picture of uh, Rocco being held in uh, Elric's arms that we'll get to later. 
10 uh, 7 p.m. Repo Man is the fucking balls. Ten, also 10 7 p.m. July 4th show, he gets a platform interview. That's all caps, by the way. <laughs> so, so Repo Man platform interview next week. Ah. Uh, that Go For It song comes back at some point. Apparently, uh, yes, at, yes. at this point in the evening, I'd had a little bit to drink, so I didn't know what episode I was on. Go for it. Go for it. The weekly TV fucking replayed Nails Beating Up Boss Man like it was the SNL Buckwheat Has Been Shot bit. <laughs> yes. When did, Which, you send the, when did you send these to me? <laughs> uh, this was uh, sun- Sunday the 17th. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Okay. Uh, I got the, since I am not on Apple, I got the, uh, you laughed at the weekly TV fucking replayed nails beating up boss <laughs> man. Uh, and I, uh, 11, 10 PM Tito should have been able to, as El Matador oh. wrestle with the theme playing the whole time. A la new Jack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was very clever as I was absolutely, a- I was, absolutely 11, 15 PM. I'm glad I have estab- I have that narrative established of Oakland risking credibility on p- crappy parts of the 92 product. So clearly there's going to be more. I don't know what I'm referring uh, to here. Uh, uh, and then, well, oh, oh, wait. No, okay, that's the next morning, 7.55 a.m. Tony's voice being different in the pilot is like Homer Simpson season one. <laughs> Tony did have a dialogue coach. Yeah, where where he learned to talk more like a uh, like an authentic New Jersey mobster. Yeah, uh, I I don't think Scott Hall had a dialogue coach to learn how to speak uh, like a Cuban would in Miami. I guess my favorite thing though is that when I get up at like three o'clock in the morning to take my pee <laughs> because I'm over forty and forty year olds get up at three o'clock in the morning to pee, is that I look down on my phone and I see like sixteen text messages from you. <laughs> Like, oh shit, Wince has been hitting the 92 WWF hard. <laughs> and I don't want to reply to any of them because I don't know if, like, you keep your phone on sound. So no. it's like, if I start texting you back or liking things at 3 o'clock in the morning, I don't want your phone to be blowing up. <laughs> so I usually just ignore it all. But then it makes it me, yeah, then I feel like you don't think I'm listening to you. <laughs> and I am. It's just usually, yeah, like, if I'm asleep which usually happens early and then you get into these little rant or these little sessions where you're, you know, <clears throat> partaking maybe and then you're also watching 92 wrestling. I don't know what you're talking about with that. Don't worry about it. But but let let's see if I can figure out what the funny part was of this razor vignette right, cuz cool. like right, I just cool. said it was fu- I just said it was funny. All right. Okay, but I don't right. I don't I don't remember I don't re- what the funny I thing was. I don't recall. I don't recall what it was. <laughs> I watched wrestling, but I don't retain any information whatsoever. Take a look at Razor Ramon. I living the good life, man. Me, I know how to relax, chico. I living I like a king. Last night, I called you. You never called me back. I thought we had something going. No, chica, you don't understand. <laughs> that, uh, that that has to be it. What that <laughs> the woman coming up to him and what the woman is wearing is, she's wearing like an all black getup that's sleeveless and it almost looks like black tights, mm-hmm. but she's wearing uh, Daisy Duke jeans over it. Yes. <laughs> what is she a never nude? 
<laughs> there are dozens of us. Dozens. Um, I have to say that Scott Hall doing an amazing job of uh, Al Pacino imp- impersonating a Cuban. <laughs> he's he's like you. He's like yeah. your your uh, Will Sasso doing Tony. Yeah, he does. He does my Will. He's my Will Sasso doing Tony. Have a breadstick. <laughs> have a breadstick then. You have something. You have a good time. I'm through with you now. Get out of here. I'm through with you. Adios. Oh, yeah. And then I laughed because she walked between the camera and Razor to walk yeah. away. I thought that was funny. Like, you would, you would think that she would just walk in the direction she came from. But no, she it's like she was going someplace. Like she, yeah, she didn't. She's going, she didn't, she left she shit she in her car. Cut. She did the wrong cut. <laughs> <laughs> they they were t- they were tired. They just didn't want to reshoot this that many times. <laughs> Man, the chicas, they're for fun. I probably scar her heart for life. That's too bad. I call me to the WWF. Not for fun. You step into the ring with Reza Ramon. It's strictly business, Chico. I'm not going to scar your heart. Oh, no. I'm going to scar your soul. I am Reza Ramon. El Jefe. Is Razor Ramon the highest profile guy who debuted like 1994 and before? Who I don't recall him ever gigging in a match in the WWE. Oh, um, yes. But the D- well, you said 94, so Diesel's out, right? Y- yeah, although it's well, I guess Diesel counts because he was at the 93 Survivor Series, so. Diesel didn't dig gig either. Yeah, I don't know. Is it is it crazy for me to say that Ramon might be more high profile than Diesel? Um, kinda, because Diesel was world champ for like a full year. Yeah. Oh look, there's Virgil. <laughs> He's taking on headbanger, um, either Moss or Moss or Thrasher. I forget which one. Glenn Ruth was. He's wearing his Survivor, his uh, SummerSlam attire. Oh, he is. Ah. Oh, he's brought that back. Inverted atomic drop. Yeah, he's looking good. So ever since I found out that that whole Virgil meat sauce thing is just some iron chic, chic like shtick, I've been very disappointed. Holy shit! Wow, what a back suit play. He 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 dumped <laughs> he dumped Glenn Ruth on his head. Mm-hmm. No, no, that was a real headbanger of a move. Who's Groucho Marx now? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that. Virgil was just letting all Japan know. Look, you want to fuck Kenta Kobashi? I'm Virgil. I can do all the same shit that he does. Whoa! Well, Virgil just did a over the top. What was that? A palancha, I a, believe. A slingshot plancha. Yes. A, sling, a slingshot pavalancha. There we go. Mm-hmm. He learned yeah, it from what? Good. From watching. Yeah. Well, 
I don't know if I can necessarily say that since he nearly he nearly killed Glenn Ruth with that suplex. But then again, maybe Ruth took the suplex wrong. Well, his right. tights are really white, so it looks like he's kept them in good shape. Yeah. He's not wearing the face mask anymore. Oh, good. I'm glad his nose. Well, you can't really sell an injury of a guy who left. Like, <laughs> nobody was happier about Sid leaving than Virgil. He's like, oh, finally, I can take off this fucking mask. Yeah, did The Undertaker stop wearing that mask like the day Mabel left? <laughs> you know, that's a good question. Yeah, it, it is kind of coincidental. Mabel. Yeah. King Mabel. Vir- Virgil's doing the uh, kind of boxing dance thing. Now, is he using the Million Dollar Dream as his finisher still? No, I think he's using the Russian leg sweep, or at least he should be. Oh, oh yep. there it is. Yep. Oh, there it is. The Virgil man. <laughs> the bodyguard man. He would have got, got the IC title shot at Wembley, but Brett was ducking him. <laughs> yes. And then he had to finally face him at... Um, uh, at uh, the, that Superstars in November. Mm-hmm. That was nice that Brett gave him a world title shot. Yeah, the fightingest champion gimmick. Yeah, yeah, I liked that. That's what I like. Again, I don't, you know, it's not Brett's fault that he didn't draw. Well, let's let's save that for 15 years from now when we get to our late 92 project. <laughs> uh, oh, the oh, battle, yeah. battle of the Superstars. And... Oh, look who's on the cover. That guy who left. Guess what's inside? The Bushwhackers tell us all about their aerobic routines. And they're still there. Did we watch that? I can't remember. I don't think we watched this. I certainly what? would have remembered the Bushwhackers. I, is it me or is this like another? Like, did they do another exercise thing? I think we've seen the Bushwhackers doing an exercise routine, but it wasn't on that tape. You know, I used to know which podcasts I've done before, and uh, apparently I don't anymore. So we're back at the event center now. Mm-hmm. What's he saying about taking the clan somewhere? Come on. Come on, Sean. We're going to take the clan to Virgil's house. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Come on. I don't have you take it out of here. <laughs> Not talking! <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Okay. All right, here we go. Let's get it going. <laughs> we Give Berserker, me an over-under. Berserker and Papa Shango? Yeah. Uh, ten and a half. Ten and a half husses? All right, yeah. we already know one, because he already started with one. Ten and a half. Did he Did he say huss? Dead huss at the beginning, yes. All right, all right. Well, say, let's, I, I rewound it three seconds just to make I'm sure. I'm going to say he's under. Okay, ten and ten and a half, ten and a half husses. Okay, so you, what you're counting on is that he's going to carry the promo time, so he's not going to have enough time to say huss. Yeah. yeah. It would be funny if he said huss between every one of his words. <laughs> <laughs> Under huss, taker huss. Take huss. <laughs> All right, let's count it up. Let's get more on that encounter. Undertaker, Ultimate Warrior, you're looking at the two biggest men in the World Wrestling Federation, controlled by the sickest man in the World Wrestling Federation. Now, what kind of chance do you think you two got when us two get our hands on your cold, stinking flesh and warrior? 
the muscles and the screaming ain't gonna get it done. Hush! Ultimate warrior! Hush. The curse Hush. has been put on you! Hush! You have stepped into my Hush. black circle! Oh. And that Hush. circle is closing Hush. on you! Hush! Oh. Hush. 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 Ah. Hush. He he got to he got to twelve. He got that twelve plus. <laughs> he sped up like he sped up at the end there. He was had a nice pace. He was going hus hus, <laughs> and then he went hus hus hus. He fucked me again. What a dickhead. Well, you know, to be effective in in promos and in baseball as a pitcher, you got to change speeds. <laughs> Nord Nord had a good four seam fastball and a changeup, so. He had yeah. a good, he had a good four seam hus, and then four. a and then a nasty sinker hus. Yeah. Um, Ugh, what an asshole! But, All right, so what do I owe you? Twelve grand? <laughs> we never, we never said money. Yeah, well, yeah, we. Yeah, I, sometimes, sometimes I feel bad. I mean, you know, it's okay. Yeah. You, after all, on on Saturday, you didn't make fun of me for my inability to pee in the water. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, everybody else can do that in the world, but I just cannot. I, I can't take a piss in my bathing suit in the water. I, I just <laughs> have trained myself not to do that. I kept going. I got to go check your front anchor, and then I walk <laughs> over to the front of the boat. Uh, the best is when I took a shit in the water. That was. Uh, that was oh no! Wait, I didn't do that. <laughs> <sighs> Keith. All right. Well, God damn it. All right. Well. Okay. Th- all right. Let's see. Um, does the we, warrior on a scale of no, no, we we don't we don't bet on warrior promos. You know why? Because we already we already got another bit for warrior promos. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Okay. Yes. The heavens fall below, and the hell rise with the Undertaker, and as they meet, let the entire universe set itself afire for the curse you have, Papa Shango. And the freak of nature you have brought in the berserker is of no challenge, no purpose to what I live for. This man will die. So in what you must understand is we've fought through the lights of the sky and we've purged below to the depths of hell. We've battled Till no man, till no man could comprehend the final end. Now you, Shango Berserker, will fall. As far as the ultimate warrior and the dreaded undertaker are concerned, <laughs> Papa Shango and the Berserker are playing a deadly game. It's a deadly play. game! That's, yeah, you're a few years too early for that, Mooney. What? what? Why are they saying that Shango and Berserker are playing 1998 Survivor Series? I don't get it. I don't think either one of them was in the tournament. <laughs> Actually, was Godfather in the tournament? I don't, I don't know if he was. I don't think he was. <laughs> it's a deadly game. That's, that's really funny. Yeah. Well, it's 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 so bizarre seeing uh, Undertaker and Warrior together because the early part of this project when we were doing 91... They were in a feud because Undertaker locked Warrior in a casket for three minutes and 46 seconds. Yes. Yeah. And they don't really cross when Warrior comes back in 96. 
No. Because Taker is pretty much preoccupied with mankind from the day after Mania all the way through to the point where Warrior leaves. Which which is before In Your House International Incident. Which right. is one of my favorite In Your House pay-per-views. Yeah, that's if, a good pay-per-view, yeah. If we were to choose like a random In Your House to watch, I, I would choose that one. for Because it is kind of random. Oh, we got a local ad for uh, something near and dear to my heart. Okay. Now. Yeah. Here we go. Well, I, I don't know how near and how dear to my heart is, but uh, I do I do remember <clears throat> this at the very least. Okay. Tired of the same old, same old? Wish you had something fun to do? Well, join the club, the Future Celtics Club. Fox 25, Converse, and Coca-Cola are teaming up to bring you the hottest new club in town. And club membership does have its privileges, like a quarterly newsletter with inside scoops on the Celtics hoops, passes to the sports museum, discounts, contests, and more. To join, just send your name, address, and phone to Future Celtics Club. Box 9025, Denham Ass, 02026. Nice. Yeah. I mean, there's still some hope around the Celtics around at this point, even though... Summer of 92 was a little weird because everybody knew Larry Bird was going to retire, but he didn't officially retire until August. But I don't think it mattered. It's not like, oh, Larry screwed the Celtics by not retiring early enough. It's like, all right, well, how are you going to replace Larry Bird? And besides, he, he missed half the games the year before anyway. So they, I think they used the mid-level exception to sign Xavier McDaniel, who was okay for, for a couple of years. I mean... Save you, McDaniel. But, of course, it all went to hell the next summer. Yeah. Fucking, fucking Reggie, Reggie dies. I mean, I mean and, then, and then they rule, oh, yeah, three years left on Reggie's contract. Yeah, that counts against your salary cap, even though he's fucking dead. Mm. <laughs> he's, he's clearly fucking dead. He's not fucking dead. Oh, no, he definitely is. And it counted against the Celtics salary cap. So, yeah. of course, they, they can't fucking do anything. But if if Reggie had just gone out and fucking contracted HIV like he's fucking Magic Johnson, oh, all is forgiven, and he would have come off the cap immediately. <laughs> AIDS? Nobody's got AIDS. Well, <laughs> okay, but oh, okay. or or Alonzo Mourning like getting some sort of fucking kidney transplant, and then he comes back at the end of the season. But they still got their exception. It's like why did the league grant an exception to the Lakers and the Miami Heat? But, like, the Celtics literally had a guy fucking die on them and got no break whatsoever. What? Because Red Auerbach liked to smoke a fucking cigar and blow smoke in people's face? Who gives a shit? Wow. I'm still mad about that. Damn, man. Yeah, you I mean, really are mad about that, huh? Yeah, I mean, that period of time... All right. ...between Banner 16 and Banner 17 is really difficult. It's 20 fucking years. Yeah. Well, it's 22 years, but yeah. It's... All right, take it easy, okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I get I, I get a little emotional. You get a, you know you get a little emotional. You get a little emotional when you talk about the Celtics. When you talk when you talk about Reggie Lewis, you get a little emotional. So I'm a breadstick. <laughs> Apparently, this is just the medley at this point. <laughs> I should probably just let the commercials play a little bit Maybe. longer. Yeah. For all the things you want to do, make the most of school. A pilot needs to know his math, a mountain climber too. A singer who can't read can only hum her tune. So search for Oh my god, new. I remember, remember that. Kids. If you want to be cool, stay in school. 
oh, I remember. That's one of the things I love about this. Is like, it's just like I remember all this shit. You know, those commercials were so much better back in the eighties when it was like the cartoon character was shaped like a fucking cracker. I hanker for a hunk of cheese. Yes, like, we're, we're just advertising for cheese now. Is is what we're can, doing? Can you can after this? Can we watch that? The hanker for a hunk of cheese. <laughs> Well, no, we have to watch. We have to watch more Ico Pro ads being shoved down our throat. Well, I said after, after this, okay. after, yeah. after what? After the show. I was hoping you were gonna say after, 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 after. <laughs> Sorry. When are you gonna fix the faucet? After. Jesus. After, after what? When? After, after. after. Ico Pro Integrated Conditioning Program for everybody who cares about their body. To order, call one eight hundred six. Hey, friend. The fuck. Fun- <laughs> well, I tried with the Ico Pro there, but mm. you know. turn that off. <laughs> there you. it is. Yeah. <laughs> is the Lord Al thing with the uh, the ink or whatever the invisible thing? The zap it. Yeah. Yeah. Is is it still gonna be funny? You think? Sure. Oh, never ends with zap it. Be wise, motorize. Zap it comes complete with disappearing liquid. The color disappears, but the fun never ends. Zap it from Just like a just like a president's dress. <laughs> Ferrari Grand Prix Challenge. Oh, a berserker match. Oh. <laughs> How many times will he say huss during the squash? <laughs> Once I'm again, not, I'm not going to torture you. I'm not going to torture. Once again, you. we got the promotional consideration in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the show. Yeah, they're they're try they're trying something here. You know what it is? It's like it's like how the Orioles have been batting Atley Rushman second in the order instead of like fifth or sixth. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, I actually kind of like it because it leaves room at the end for something. You think Buck Showalter's taking cues from 1992 Vince McMahon? You know, Buck Walter was the manager of the Yankees at the time of this show. <laughs> but he was oh. like, su- he was super young. He was like 33 at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Was this, th- th- this was, uh, this was before he was, he made his guest appearance on Seinfeld, right? Yes. Because George, George has to get his job with the Yankees and that's not till 94. Oh boy, we got an inset promo with Berserker, oh, so we, okay. we can do more right. betting. I'm gonna bet on this. All right, uh, how long is an inset promo again? It's usually about 15 seconds. All right, over under. I am gonna say over under five and a half. Okay, he's going over. Okay, over. <laughs> he's got to do six. He's scared to death in there. We spoke to the Berserker earlier. Yes, yes, yes. Undertaker, they said you were unstoppable. Well, I stopped you cold, just like your rotten flesh. Undertaker, you get close to me, and I'm going to take your sticking head off. Now, wait a minute. We got some controversy there, because were, yeah. there, two, were there two hosses beforehand? Yeah, they were, I don't know. They, we have way too many husses. Does and the last we heard, we heard one after the video went away. We still heard another huss. Yeah. I said I said five and a half, which is which is why this is controversial. I should I should have at least said, all right. Does he have to be on video, or do we just have to hear the word huss? 
What what the fuck is this podcast defaulting to? <laughs> this is why, like, Pete, why don't you go back and do the solo podcast? It's like, because every fucking promo would just become me gambling on it. Like, even though I would have already watched it. Because your brain hurts after doing this fucking shit. I'm a, a, I'm a pathetic, like, gambling junkie at this point. Well, no, because you're not losing to me. You're just constantly winning. I, luckily, luckily, I had the uh, Blue Jays giving 21 and a half runs on Friday night. <laughs> uh, Fuji, Fuji is Here's the thing that's throwing me. is Fuji isn't talking in any of these promos. He just sits there and looks happy. <laughs> There's something I like more than the happy Fuji. I'm glad Mr. Fuji found happiness. <laughs> he had all those years of unhappiness. You can tell you can tell that the referee has just had enough because the count out just goes really, really fast. Yeah. And yeah, the uh the, the enhancement guy's name is Bruce Mitchell, you know, the name of the uh the wrestling writer. Yeah. Yeah, we, we all know how much I love wrestling journalists. I thought it was Bruce Pritchard, is that's what I thought yeah. it was. Well, he, he's not there. He's working global, as you know. Oh, global. <laughs> he's, working, he's working global. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go. We're, we're at the Here, ju- we go. Here we go. We're at the junkyard now in Presumably in Chicago, although I like to, I like to think this is just a trash area of Vince's backyard. Yeah, <laughs> Vince this is, Vince has a Vince has a landfill on the property. This is where all the this is where all the original sets went to. That's that's why you know. Look, I, I don't hey, look, care. There's an '88 Survivor Series banner. <laughs> I don't care much for the Jarretts, especially Jeff Jarrett, because. I mean, well, you you know my reaction last week when you told me oh, that he was fucking the, the, the referee. Uh, Jerry Jarrett would film all these vignettes in like his backyard or on his property, and I, I felt like the Jarrett's property had a lot of range. I, I have to say, like you could do you could do a number of different things. I'll tell you, I I I felt your rage. Here at my house, yes, last week when you when I told you that match was going to be against Jared, you were like, you went, what the fuck, man, and you and then you just immediately got very angry. Oh, I, I wasn't even saying for that. I was saying for him being a special referee for. Uh, oh, that's what it was, right? That's what it was. Yes, for, for Street Profits versus yeah. Usos, which is the like one rip- match you, the one match you were excited for. Yeah, although I I am excited for. Uh, Brock and, and Roman only because they have to do better than the Mania match. The fuck? But, fuck, but fucking inserting Jeff Jarrett into all this all this crap. It's just it's, fucking nauseating. <laughs> there's it no is. other way to no other way to put it. It is. And, and spe- speaking of uh, fucking nauseating, <laughs> um, yeah, LODs in the junkyard. We've basically just heard eight weeks of promos where uh, Beverly Brothers are calling them sissies. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, why are they in the why are they in the junkyard? I don't know. Perhaps mm-hmm. Paul Ellering and his fucking Wall Street Journal will explain. Well, how does it feel to be home, boys? Well, home ain't looking too good right now, Paul. Home's a mess. I never would imagine the place that we live and grew up in would turn into a burnt out 
cockroach infested slum. What's interesting is where they are right now feels more out of like Mad Max, yeah. which is which is the demolition thing. Mm. So I don't know, kind of kind of funny. Mm. Uh, I do appreciate the fact that they're wearing their shoulder their spike shoulder pads there, like. <laughs> Got to be prepared in case you know a wild animal runs after you. This is the fucking dumbest thing. This is so fucking dumb. Hey, we're only we're only a few seconds into it. Let's not, let's not judge it until oh, let, let's hear out the uh, the asshole oh, yeah. with, the, with the sunglasses and newspaper. Okay, let's hear it out. Yes. What I've been trying to tell you, that's where this is all began. This is where your lies began. This is your past, Ludus. This is where you determine where the future lies, from your past. We are products of our environment. This is where you grew up, in these neighborhoods. You know something, Paul? You ain't never lied to us. What you say is the truth. It is a mess. No wonder why Ludwig Borgo was all, like, uh, crumbling. I saw the LOD vignette. Seriously, if this is the first thing that he's seeing upon coming to America, <laughs> I would have been... Oh, yes, it's crumpling. They have much nicer things in Finland. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Hey, nothing left, nothing left but charred memories. I remember this back room here. Wait, can you pause it for oh. a second? Yeah. Is it me or does Hawk sound like Hacksaw at SummerSlam '90 when he was looking for <laughs> when he was looking for uh, Sapphire? He's like, I remember this room back here, but we're all still looking for her. <laughs> Maybe uh, LOD has uh, joined the the search for Sapphire, and that and that's what this is all about. And they just yeah. just happened to to find uh, <laughs> to find uh, Rocco somewhere along the way. Hey Hacksaw, have you seen Sapphire, baby? No, no, I haven't, Dust, but we're all still looking for her. I mean, no. <laughs> LOD here, too. We, uh, haven't, we haven't seen Doug in so much the last uh, imagine, little while. Imagine if they found Sapphire in this fucking rubble. Oh, Lord, I've been here for four years. <laughs> it's only... You son of a you son of you son of a bitch! You got me. It's only only (laughs) two sapphires. The fact that you said four years when it was only two actually made that funnier. (laughs) I'm I'm praising your joke construction on that one very much. (laughs) You can't even get back in now. What's this? What is this? Oh, it ain't what is this? That's Rocco. Remember that guy we told you about? Holy fuck. Look at this. And this whole place of mess is hard remains. You pick up something that are our past. And this is the moment where the Legion of Doom died. (laughs) If you pause it right here, you can see where their heart gets broken. Actually, that's Hawk's heart exploding from cocaine. Uh, it's just a coincidence. <laughs> I mean, are you fucking serious, bro? Paul Ellering picks up the doll like it's uh, Hogan picking up Elizabeth on the main. <laughs> We've come this far in three and a half years. Paul Ellering's picking up that doll, and he went, "Ah, it's not hot." <laughs> They're all maniacs here. Well. 
we we haven't considered the fact that with this Rocco thing, uh, perhaps you know who uh, might have had something to do with Maybe Hulk Hogan's got something to do with this. If anybody does, if anybody does, it's that he, son of a bitch. <laughs> he, wa- he wanted to make sure that uh, the Legion of Doom was kept down. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Well, there's more of this. Where'd you find him? I can't believe this. This is the guy we toasted to all these nights. Every night. Here's the Rocco. Rocco. You never knew who he was. Paul, remember, we were little kids. I can't tell you, remember? I said, we were little kids. The, the great little Legion of Doomers play with now. All the little hawk and animal wrestling buddies. All those dolls everybody knocked down and beat up. This is our wrestling buddy right here. Rocco, we were little kids. When I didn't want to talk to my parents, or I couldn't find Hawk. I told this guy what was going on, and he set me straight and told me what was right and what was wrong. Yeah, well, Rocco's the guy that taught you to be a team. He taught the animal and the hawk to be a team. He was your teacher in the school of hard knocks. I remember you telling me that. That Paul, he ain't looking too good right now. He needs some work. You know, this is the best thing that ever happened. I really like this. I think this is the best thing to ever happen to the Legion of Doom. Rocco, let me bring Rocco to the ring so that you will never forget your past. Let's bring him everywhere with us. Let's clean him up. Let's do it now. Oh, I thought we were going to get like a montage like uh, Revenge of the Nerds where they actually showed them cleaning cleaning Rocco up and like one, one of them spills like sugar when they were putting it in their coffee. Something like that. <laughs> like this? <laughs> You've got to put one foot in front of the other. <laughs> but unfortunately they couldn't give us that they just brought a puppet to the ring to talk come on Hawk give me the Dawn soap so we can clean him yeah get us hey Paul are you done sewing up those new uniforms yet <laughs> you know what I think your Hawk is underrated <laughs> in your oh, in your art your arsenal of impressions, your your drugged out hawk talking about Rocco is is one of your finest. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's fucking terrible. <laughs> one foot. Yeah. <laughs> well then, I'd like to take out the trash. But when he's late for a date, you've got to help me out. Eileen's gonna be here any minute. Entertain him for me till I get back. Zach has to cover for him. There's always been something about a good-looking teacher that turns me on. <laughs> the girl next door is heating things up. Oh, no. Down the shore. Uh, Zach, you're on my date. Something at 10 on Fox 25. I don't remember that show, Down the Shore. What what an offensive uh, stereotyping of uh, New Jersey people, that is. <laughs> it's the worst stereotype of Jersey people I've ever seen. <laughs> Yes, for 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 sure. Yeah, da- down the shore. I have absolutely no memory of that, but it's probably okay. something that they just tried during the summer. Oh my and yet, god! All right, it aired on Fox from June twenty first, nineteen ninety two, until May twenty seventh, nineteen ninety three. So it got a year. 
and it got 29 episodes. And the theme, the theme song was written by Little Steven, who, of course, played Silvio Dante. So there, there's the connection right there. There it is. Well, you know who's in that? Anna Gunn. Oh, yes, that's right. And I did uh, pa- Pamela Ad- Pam Adlon as well. I didn't, oh, yes. reco- I didn't recognize any of the dudes, but... No. The only one I know is that the heavy guy. Tom McGowan, I think, is his name. Yeah, who I thought was uh, Andy Richter for a second. <laughs> that would have been great. Hey, it's a nails match. So you got Rocco followed by nails. <sighs> you mean, yeah. oh, no, we're not getting a nails match. We're getting a nails chokehold. Mm. That's all not- he did. 902714. It would have been funny if he had come to the ring to the 90210 theme. It's like, ah, close enough. I'm surprised like he didn't come out to like some theme of just like constantly jail door shutting, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Could they have... Uh, well, come on, Jim. Come up with some good prison music. <laughs> Crutching, crutching, you know, like. You got to get in there, ref. Hi, Peter Rinson here, editing together the show. This is the point of the program where I accidentally unplugged my microphone and continued talking, where I went into a bit about how Jim Johnston never did any time in the can. Not really. You know, the usual sort of soprano stuff. And Keith was very confused as to why I wasn't talking during Nails. How was that a win? Like, that would have been awesome if he never won. Right? It would have been a great thing. As I was saying, if Nails had just lost every match by disqualification during this run, but somehow ended up, like, getting a title shot down the road. Did I lose you? Yes, you did. Oh boy. Yeah. I can't believe you're. I, I can't believe you're not talking during this nails segment. I apologize, past Keith, or like an hour and a half ago, Keith. <laughs> There's me trying to plug my microphone what back happened? in. What happened is my microphone became unplugged. All right. So, so another win for nails here, and we we didn't get any of the things that we were looking for. The nine zero two one zero theme. Whatever happened there? Well, what I don't understand... Oh, yeah. He's still sticking with that haircut. Well, again, I don't know why it should have been... Like, they should have just had him lose all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Lose by DQ. Yeah, like, that would have been great. Like, 1992 would have been an awesome year for jobbers that are fighting nails. Well, except they get, like, brutally beaten or whatever. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess. Look, look at look at the, the replay is him just staring into the camera and hitting his hand with the uh, with the uh, nightstick. Yeah, yeah, high yeah. quality stuff. How how this guy didn't win a world title? Well, I'll never know. <laughs> and we go from we go from nails to uh, something something. <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry. No. You, you can tell from the timber of my laugh that it is no. something something worthwhile. No, 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 please, no. No, there's not going to be that much more of this, I can assure you. 
<laughs> and we don't have to watch the full highlights. I think this is just it's just for the Coliseum video. Don't worry about it. It's gonna be okay. Seagal, let's go back to the World Bodybuilding Federation Championship, the greatest bodybuilding competition of all time. Available <laughs> via Coliseum Home Video this Thursday. You don't want to miss the World Bodybuilding Federation Championship. <laughs> Turn that off. I'll tell Turn that you, off. you do not want to miss. <laughs> what did you like better, the gunplay or the or the uh, the guy with the woman who was like the the person with the lights on the runway or on the Turn. tarmac? Turn that off. <laughs> oh, you like that the best? Turn that <laughs> off. Yeah, that I like the best. Um, I have breaking news. Oh, okay. Let's sneak it in before the carry match. We did have another another death. Uh, David Warner. Do you know the actor David Warner? Uh, was, I, I do not. He's the English actor. Uh, I'm trying to think of the role that you would probably know him best in is probably, he was in the Titanic movie, he played the security guard for Billy Zane, the one who, like, <laughs> who, like chases around after uh, Leonardo DiCaprio the whole time. Yeah. He was a, he was very big in um, Star Trek. Uh, he was in a lot of Star Trek stuff. He was kind of like a, he did a lot of sci-fi stuff. He was a British actor, but he passed away. Um, I, have a I have a child! <laughs> Billy Zane. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, he. That's a shame. He died. He passed away. That's awful. Jeez, everybody's dying. What the fuck. Well, we don't. We don't. We don't have a drop of uh, of of him. We uh, don't. don't but that's still that affects me. I, I was. You know, I'm a big Star Trek fan. I mean, we have drops of Ray Liotta, uh, Paul Sorvino, uh, Tony Sirico, <laughs> and uh, Cal Rudman. And all have passed away, like, in the last uh, six months, I think. Yeah. I forget when Rudman's death was. By the way, Texas Tornado is facing Dwayne Gill. Oh, the hero. <laughs> the patron saint. How? He, he's on every week, and he's just bumping like crazy. It doesn't matter if it's a if it's the LOD or if it's fucking Texas Tornado. One of the patron saints of, of GFA Live, Dwayne One Gill. One of the fa one of the favorites here for the podcast, Dwayne yes, Gill. Definitely one of the favorites. Mm. Here's a yeah. question. Is Dwayne Gill still wrestling like you think on the independent circuit? I suspect that he probably retired as a result of the pandemic and isn't working anymore. Like that that would be my uh that would be my guess. The tor tornado punch, yeah. On February 28, 2020, wow, right before the pandemic, Gill wrestled his last match against Ellsworth at Adrenaline Wrestling Show, winning the match. Oh. Yeah, all right. Well, that, it, it makes sense. I mean, given given how old he, he probably is, he's probably about in his mid-50s at the very least. Oh, my God. Oh. He's he's 63. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Oh, we all we all grow old. Even Dwayne Gill. Who was the other guy? Dwayne Gill, and then who was the other guy? Oh, Barry Hardy. Barry Hardy. Yeah. 
I want to see if Barry Hardy's still around. Oh. Barry Hardy is still around. Yeah, he's not in the ground. No, he's not in the ground. <laughs> oh. So, Body Stars, we're still... Uh, I, I'm, I'm wondering, is, it, is this where the Go For It song comes back? It has to be. We're still plugging this. We're still pushing rope in this fucking dead... <laughs> this dead organization. We gotta run this back. And uh, we're gonna focus on Cameo... Uh, Cameo Newer. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, Ma Newer. <laughs> Hi, I'm Cameo Newer. And I'm Cameo Newer. I'm Cameo. I'm Vince McMahon. This is Lex Luger. And I'm having a great time. <laughs> yeah! Whoa, I am pumped. Cameo definitely practices what she preaches. Join Cameo and yours truly, Vince McMahon, along with a total package, Lex Luger, for all the latest in health and fitness on WBF Body Stars. Turn that off. <laughs> I don't know if you want. Well, I don't know if he would have told. I don't know if uh, Phil would have told him to turn it off because there was a lot of pictures of Cameo in that. That well, seemed like it would have been appropriate. I get. I guess. Yeah. Although that was a weird shot of her, like in a tanning uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. that was weird. Yeah. No. Fucking bizarre. What a bizarre. Hey, you know what I noticed? He called him the total package, Lex Luger. Yeah, they were billing him as that early on. They didn't come up with that whole. You know, part of it I think is because you can't you can't call him the total package if it's as a wrestler. But you're clear oh. because oh, this is bodybuilding. This is completely different. Which he had that accident and wasn't at the WBF championship, but we're still uh, promoting him as one of the hosts of Body Stars. Go for it. Go for it. Go for, go it. for it. Go for it. Go I would like it. to buy that as a single on iTunes. Mm. <laughs> I think if I was a wrestler now, that would be my theme song. Yeah. <laughs> Cash back on quality products for every room in your home. Enjoy this Fisher stereo system and get $22 cash back. Get $24 cash back on this Rover refrigerator. $31 cash back on this... I don't really get the whole notion of renting a refrigerator, like a like a full-size one, but okay. Well, it's rent-to-own. I guess, yeah. That was Rainbow... Re oh, Malden. Hey, nice shout-out yeah. to my hometown. <laughs> if she is again. <laughs> Jody Shulman will not leave us alone. <laughs> she can take me to court anytime. <laughs> really, we're gonna we're gonna sexualize Jody Shulman. <laughs> of course we are. Yeah, she is probably one of the least sexual women in the history of uh, GFA Live. Oh, I almost slipped. I almost called this the wrong podcast. <laughs> I'll allow it. I, but watch I, yourself. I'm. I'm, co I'm confused. I'm confused. Iron Warrior, Mike Christian. Get on that, the inside, turn, turn that off. Oh, yes, the complete cameo, the co-host of Body Stars. Cameo's sculptured approach to fitness. He's in love with Mr. Perfect. Turn that on. <laughs> She's in love with Mr. Perfect. Yeah, she is. Who isn't? Henning could be a little bit delusional. Like when, Turn that off. Like when he would tell his jokes at the beginning. Yeah, sure she is. Yeah. I mean, she really looks great. Perhaps she wants to be Mrs. Perfect. I'm, I'm amused at how 
they're they are doing a soft build for Finkel Whippleman. Mm. <laughs> that was the that was the greatest slow burn feud of the nineties. Sure. <laughs> it took two years to get a payoff. It, like Finkel and Whippleman was what Shawn Michaels and uh and, and Savage should have been. <laughs> like the long term feud with the big payoff. Yeah. Yeah. I, for a minute there, I was like, who, wait, who the hell is he managing? <laughs> I couldn't remember. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, it's Kamala. Yeah, they, they put Whippleman with Warlord and Sid, and they both split immediately. And uh, he, he refused to take the hint. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, know, I know he's your favorite character on Young Rock, so I'll, I'll lay off him. <sighs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, just, all right. Vince says he's returning to the WWF. Come yeah, on, that's that's pretty interesting, right? Yeah, especially considering that the whole gimmick is well, he doesn't know how he's supposed to pin people. Yeah, fucking ridiculous. <laughs> you you could even use another word. For fucking it. nauseating. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know about the uh, Do you know about the Kamala Hasbro figure and the rarity? That is, I, yeah. I heard something about how, like, I don't know. Everything's always weird with Kamala, like where he's like, no shows the Saturday Night Main Event because he doesn't want a job. The action figure being weird. So, how much is always one of those worth? Or what's so, what's the story? Uh, well, so the story is is that the Kamala at Hasbro action figure they made two versions. The version with the half moon on his belly is the one that's rare. And the thing about it is that. It's it's rarity because it was only like I think it was only given out to like Hasbro employees oh. or or WWF employees. Like it was it was it was like a short print. Like they didn't really put that out because the one that they put out, he doesn't have the half moon on his belly. He has a star on the side of his belly. And so oh. if you have one of those like official on card and it can be authenticated, it can go for as much as ten grand. Does it have to be in a package or? Uh... Yeah, no, you have to have okay. it in a package. Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny because when I first heard about it, I immediately ran and I was like, "Do I have that? I think I have." And I didn't. <laughs> I was like, "I think I have that figure." I didn't. I saw. I saw the forty-year-old version. I know the deal. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the good thing about Kamala is that at least they did keep the match short. Yeah. Yeah. The problem though is anybody with a memory it's not so much that Kamala doesn't know how to pin guys as bad as that is it's that his push in 86 was much more well done where he would beat up guys after the match he would do the top rope splash yeah well but, he was probably much more athletic and limber in that in 80, 86 yeah yeah true but they, they're, they're desperate for heels at this point mean but it's sad because who the only person you're going to put him up against really is the undertaker who the hell else is he going to wrestle true yeah you turn him and then they turn him face and he's completely lifeless he's supposed to face bam bam at nine but of course uh he had his match cut whatever happened there whatever wrestlemania nine whatever happened there he was also supposed to face duggan at three 
whatever but happened I, there. I don't. I don't think that that was actually promoted on TV. Like I, I don't. I, I don't know. How the, many times did we say whatever happened there on Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> well, that is true. Yeah, we we may have beaten that into the ground. Uh, Whatever happened there. I looked at my favorite use of that over the last week was when you were talking on Twitter about the Wizard of Oz, and I I just jumped in (laughs) mid-conversation with Wicked Witch of the East, whatever happened there. (laughs) All right, then. All right, then. Dorothy gets it. All right, then. All right, then. (laughs) Wicked Witch of the West, whatever happened there. (laughs) You know, the the house falling out of house. The house falling. God bless, God bless her. Am I right? <laughs> hey, right he's doing. Yeah, all right then. Mooney's doing a thing for the Cape Cod Melody Tent in Miami. Oh, 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 yeah. I, heard, I heard Vince is going to go back to man to running that promotion now. <laughs> I, it would have been funny if like Vince didn't leave. They're like, no, you're you're actually just going to go back to promoting Bangor. Like that, you, we're, we're returning you to your roots from fifty years uh, ago. You're gonna, you're gonna run Bangor. You're gonna be the local promoter. Bangor, folks in Hyannis and the surrounding areas, catch it all at the Cape Cod Melody Tent Sunday night, July nineteenth. You'll have the chance to see such superstars in action as Money Incorporated, the tag team champions <laughs> Tatanka, and the former title holder Rick Flair. Now, for those of you farther west, be sure to see the superstars of the World Wrestling Federation. Well, the Cape Cod Melody Tent in the summer, I mean, you go to the beach during the day and you need something to do at night. I mean, Cape Cod isn't exactly uh, the nightlife capital of the world. No. That's Hampton Beach. Yeah. (laughs) Well, (laughs) welcome to Hampton Beach, where roving gangs aren't a problem anymore. Um... So we got we got a nails promo now. Look, yeah. I just want to point out the fact that last year I went up to Hampton Beach to see the comedian Tom Segura play at the Hampton Beach Casino Ballroom, and I'll tell you right now, when we left that show, Hampton Beach was bumping. So really? as far, yeah, as far as nightlife is concerned, Hampton Beach is where it's at in the summertime. Hmm. It was bumping. I did not know that. <laughs> I did not know that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, nails so we promo. Got, we got a nails promo? Nails promo, whatever happened there. <sighs> yeah. Does oh. anybody really want to listen to nails talk? Boss man! You want me to do the nails promo? Here we go. Ready? Uh, Come on, boss man! <laughs> I well, was beaten up by you in prison, boss man! And now I'm the one doing. <laughs> I can't even do it. <laughs> I didn't know nails. Nails. Uh, he was called as such because he smoked a lot of nails in prison. <laughs> I, he he needed those. He needed those uh, cigarettes to bribe the screws. <laughs> Bobby. Bobby Heaton saying he wanted to get cigarettes to the boss man so he could bribe the <sighs> screws is my second favorite Heenan line behind best president since Noriega. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, all right. He nails. tried to die through the window to escape. <laughs> yeah, I know that. That's that's good too. But I don't know. It, it's the it's the gems like within matches that I yes. enjoy. Oh sure. Okay. All right. Let's hear this. Right. Hey, hey. <laughs> Let's hear this. 
<laughs> you sound very excited to hear from Nails. But I got some bad news for you. What? I think uh, 92 Vince is making an appearance here, oh, and not, okay. 80, not 84 Vince. Oh, okay. Well, who's the boss now, boss man? I'm going to torture you for the rest of your life, and now you're going to serve hard time, boss man. You know what? While we're here, why don't we just why don't we just break down the who's the boss theme as the as the nails palate cleanser? <laughs> Sounds good to me. Okay. All right. So here we go. Let's let, start let, this over again. Let, let, all right. Let's just rewind this to the beginning. This is this is season one. Who's the boss? The Peter. I've never even seen who's the boss. Everybody wants to talk about man crazy Mona. <laughs> now. My question is, I know Tony is like a former baseball player here, but... Allegedly, I believe. Does he have to drive a windowless van in the 80s? I mean, really? <laughs> he couldn't even get the one with the little little circle window in the, no. in the back corner? No, of course not. He's got a, he's got a give-me-your-candy van. <laughs> Tony, why do you have to drive a windowless van? Fuck you, that's why. Vieux Parmesan, fuck you. And by the way, this is in Connecticut, too. I mean, this is not like, I know it's an overpriced hellhole, but come on, pony up for a bigger car. Well, it's not Fairfield, Connecticut. I mean, it's probably Greenwich, you know? <laughs> well, uh, no, I th- I don't think it's quite Greenwich. It's, it's a nice enough neighborhood. Well, no, it wouldn't be Greenwich, because doesn't, doesn't Angela work in Manhattan? Well, yeah, she's not, driving, you, you, she's not driving from Manhattan to Greenwich yeah, every day, right? You, you, you could take a train. There's a train. Um, how long is the train ride? Yeah, it's about an hour each way. Are you saying that this is the this is next to the McMahon estate? <laughs> Highly unlikely, Jeff. Oh, okay. It doesn't look like his neighborhood. Okay. A lot of lot of similarities between this and Belvedere, except Belvedere is clearly the superior show. Well, where, where Tony just sort of shows up. Yeah. Well, no, I believe he had an interview with Angela, but yeah. Angela got the time wrong, or rather, I would say Tony got the time wrong because no, I'm going to say Angela got the time wrong because, and the reason I say this is because she answers the door in a bathrobe and her hair up in a you know all up in the towel. I mean, yeah. at this point, too, is Judith Light, I mean, I know she's, I know this is before she in, went into wrestling, but I yep. mean, what is she in this, like 32 years old, 28? I mean, God, she looked a lot older than she probably really was, but. She, th- this is 84 Light. This isn't 92 Light. No. <laughs> that doesn't no. just apply, that doesn't just apply to Vince. No, mm. I know, right. All right, so Judith Light is, all right, she's in her bathrobe with the with the hair up. She's 35 at this point. Oh my God. Okay. So she knows that she had an interview, but because, because she needs Tony's assistance running the house, she doesn't yeah. remember what time it was. So she's all fucked up. So that's why she answers the robe and the, in the door in a robe. And it's, of course, Tony's wearing a nice suit. Jacket. It's like, but it's like Belvedere. It's like yeah. uh, the clip, the clip from the pilot right. is, is what we're going to put in. Okay. And, and there's there's Tony flipping something in the kitchen, but it's well, he, not. Yeah. You don't think it's pancakes? <laughs> well, it's probably pancakes. But what I'm waiting for is, are we going to get the thing that I love, where the kids do something where they make a mess in the kitchen? It's a first staple. Of, first of all, it wasn't pancakes. 
Oh. It was John. It was Johnny Cakes. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Johnny Cakes. I love you, Johnny Cakes. Tony goes. Our sausages are made in house. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tony. Tony's a true Italian. He he took he took great pride in his cooking. He had a method for the garlic. <laughs> he used to slice it. With a razor blade so thin that it would liquefy with just a little bit of oil in the pan. Um, <laughs> what I want to know is, did you ever flip anything in a, in the air and then quickly turn around and catch it? No. And I'm not saying I... cooking-wise. I'm talking like, you know, have you ever, like, have you ever flipped a baseball in the air and spun around and caught it? Have you ever done that with, you know, anything else? Well, with a baseball, maybe, yeah, but not okay. with food. Okay, all right. So no food. So now there's man crazy Mona. Oh, yeah. Okay. So wait, you skip. You're going by so fast. I can't oh, even. Oh, skip up. I'm sorry. If I can, Kevin Dunn edited together the Who's the Boss theme. <laughs> well, you got all right. So we had Mo- man crazy Mona was hugging Tony. Then the next scene is she slaps Angela, probably because <laughs> Angela said something like, "I don't find him all that attractive." And then Mona was like, "Are you fucking nuts? This guy's a hot piece of fucking Italian ass." <laughs> and then. We get the we get the amazing scene where Tony pulls the, the sweaters on Jonathan with his fucking bowl cut. The sweaters on backwards, so Tony just pulls the sweater up, flips it around, and puts it back on him like you know, like he's freaking Ralphie's little brother in uh, Christmas Story. <laughs> there. Yeah. And then now we cut to the scene again. Mo- Alyssa Milano's in two scenes, and neither one of them is she hot yet because she's still a child. Now we're at the amazing scene where Tony's vacuuming the fucking curtains. And yes. I love how I love how I love how there's like the the, the the quintessential 1980s like China that you would get up at like Rockport in this scene like it's it's you know how it's like that like it's that it's that uh, oceans maritime China that people would have in their houses back in the 80s. Nin- 1980s China w- was good. It was much more low maintenance than 1990s China, which required a great deal of steroids. This is much as true. Um, yeah. I always loved how in 80s households too, you always had that like one chair in the background of like a house where it was like a it was it was literally just a sitting chair. <laughs> I believe those were called those were smoking chairs. Like you would sit there yes. with your pipe. And you would sm- sit there in your pipe and smoke it. And you would sit there with your pipe and you would read, you know, you would read things like Dostoevsky and other, you know, other great Russian writers. Well, the the other thing I'd like to point out, a lot, lot of plant life there. Yes, a, lot of, yes. a lot of indoor plants. Sure. Well, she had a full-time living maid. She could afford yeah. that. All right. So Tony's vacuuming. Now we quick cut. Oh, that, oh, this is, oh, this is a great episode. It's the episode where Tony's doing the shampoo commercial. <laughs> don't forget, Angela, don't forget Angela's an, Angela works for advertising, so she signs up hot fucking Tony Danza, you know, the fucking Italian Goomba, to do a friggin' shampoo commercial. So we got shirtless, wet, sopping wet, showered Tony Danza. Talk about, yeah, the fucking people that wrote this opening knew what they were getting all those fucking hot house frows sitting at home on you know monday nights watching this at eight o'clock i had had no idea you were this passionate about who's the boss (laughs) sure sure. all right so we got tony danza and now we cut to him fucking boxing seriously he's in the shower and he's fucking boxing who who are they writing this for fucking horny housewives (laughs) whose husbands haven't touched them since the nixon administration (laughs) ford All right, then we cut to then we then we cut to fucking Jim Hellwig. 
Judith Light's <laughs> hair is uh, enormous. Oh my god, Judith Light's hair itself couldn't fit a, through the door. A lot of the ozone layer died mm-hmm. to, to make Angela's hair possible. I think what made me think that Judith Light was so much older than she was is that she's got that weird blonde gray hair look going. So mm-hmm. it looked like she was like gray, but she was like blonde, like dyeing her hair blonde. And, yeah. Which was not a very good look for women in the 80s. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, you look at Judith Light now, and she's, she still dyes her hair blonde, but it's like a full blonde, and she looks still looks good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just laughing at the notion of every time Nails does a promo, we have to watch a TV theme song in order to fucking cloud, palate cleanse. No? <laughs> okay. I mean... We're going to have to find something similar for like 88 or whatever yes. year we're doing next. Sure. All right. So then we have this. All right. So we had this weird scene where we yeah. had a weird scene where Angela comes out and she's scared of something. Yeah. Uh, probably misses her old glasses. Um, and then <laughs> and then we move to another scene of her hugging Mona. So apparently they made up after Angela's faux pas that Mona was so offended by. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we get fucking Melissa again. We get a two-second clip of Alyssa Milano, who I just want to add that even though she's still a child at this point, she does blossom into one of the hottest fucking actresses of all time. Period. That is, that, that is, that is true, yeah. Although she's clearly not the focus. Like, it's, it's one of those deals where season one, the show is about Tony and Angela. Yes. And it takes a while for them to be like, oh, yeah, that's right. We have something here. With this kid actress, and oh yeah, the yeah, we can do stuff with Mona as well, and well, well, then Dan- there's, Danny Pintaro, whatever yeah, happened there. Well, we don't want to we don't want to take away from Danny Pintaro or Pintaro, Pintaro. I mean, you know, he he grew up into something. I don't know what it is, but he's an actor. I think maybe you know about the 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 issue with who's the boss and the great Schwarzenegger vehicle commando, right? How like Tony Danza, Tony Danza didn't want Alyssa Milano in that movie, um, and he was like really adamant, like it was like I think it was like a big to do. And I mean, can you imagine the fucking balls on Tony Danza to tell fucking Schwarzenegger no? Like mm. that's fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. I wouldn't tell Arnold Schwarzenegger no if he was trying to kill me. I would just go sure thing, Arnold, mm-hmm. whatever you say. He wanted to. Leave. I think the phone call. I believe I went listen. Zaros was the I wanted to listen Milano. I wanted for the movie, and I don't care what you say. I'm going to have her in the movie. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't know Milano. I'm Tony. I'm always named Tony. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Uh, you know what? I had a good run. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was that. Then eventually, Alyssa Milano made that movie. So you know. Yeah. All's well that ends well. Okay. Catherine, Catherine Hellman. Hellman. Yeah. Catherine Hellman of Soap fame. I don't know if you ever watched Soap. Yeah. Well, I remember Soap, yeah. So I, I, I like the ending quick the ending quick cuts here. You see uh, Mona, and t- Mona and Tony enjo- enjoying a little bit of vino by the fireplace. Yeah. Uh, probably some grapes that Tony smushed with his own feet, because I'm sure he makes his own wine. All, uh, all of them sitting on the couch with their yep. uh, feet up on feet, the uh, table. On the nicely cleaned, it would have been really good if they put their feet up and then he pulled his, he lifted each other's foot and put like little like coasters underneath the feet. That would have been kind of funny. I would have done that if I was writing the opening. Or, and then there's this, oh yeah, or, or or if the table broke. Did they ever do any table spots on uh, on who's the boss? I don't think they ever did. No, 
Um, and then, of course, this scene right here, which is very nice, is uh, it, so a, a, as you may be aware, the first couple of seasons, Alyssa Milano is like a tomboy, which was the thing that you used to be able to say back in the 80s. And I apologize if I offend anybody by saying it now. But um, but she wanted to be a girl. And I think once she moved to Connecticut, she was like, no, I don't want to be a tomboy i want to be a girl girl so there's yeah. this scene where she's wearing a dress and she's got her hair done but she's holding a baseball glove and tony's very happy that she's holding a baseball glove also it's on the backdrop is the uh the the, the beautiful stone fireplace that they had with the uh, copper pots and pans hanging very classy for 1980s connecticut very classy you're burying the fucking lead on what i'm paused on there's a oh. credit there it says the producer bud weiser what the fuck <laughs> That's got to be fake. It's That's like the director of the Slammies being kayfabe. Come on. It's like producer the producer like, Budweiser. It's like the producer of uh, Parks and Rec was Norm Hiscock. <laughs> I'm going to look up Budweiser. Is that a real guy? That's a real fucking guy. <laughs> no way. Yeah, Budweiser. I haven't been Bud? this amu- I haven't been this amused since Bill Boner. <laughs> Budweiser, yeah. Norm Hiscock. <laughs> K fave <laughs> Budweiser, whatever happened there? Whatever happened there? <laughs> oh, oh, I, oh, I like when we get the long coda. Yeah. Music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very enjoyable. That was a great ending because it was a it was a hug. So Angela was really excited about something. She jumps into Tony's arms. And then Tony quickly puts her down, and he's like, up, 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 up. Because we had to have that will they or won't they yeah. that they ran for too many seasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, if this was nowadays, they would have been sleeping together by minute four of episode <laughs> one. <laughs> That's something I want to say, but I'll pass. Uh, the song, the song, the theme song, Brand New Life, it says music by Larry Car- Carlton <laughs> and, Ro- and Robert Kraft. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, I, Robert uh, Kraft. That was his former. That was his former. Uh, it was the greatest theme song in the history of TV in modern times. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Oh. All right, there, we, there you have it. Episodes. Who's Who's the boss, everybody? Yeah, hundred ninety six episodes. Tune in next time to GFA Live. The next time we get a nails promo, we'll be looking at. <laughs> Some other fucking show that <laughs> was on 35 years ago. It is clear the ex-convicts' only desire is to end the big boss man's existence here in the WWF. They need one-on-one July 20th. <laughs> man, he collides with the British Bulldog. Oh, Bulldog promo. <laughs> oh boy. What a bonus. We got an inset promo from Bulldog earlier, and now we got a re- real one. All right, will he say Repo Man or Mr. Repo Man? All right, well, hold on a minute. How many, give me an over and under, how many dog puns does he do? One and a half. I mean, but the thing is, I don't think he has it in him to do more than one and a half. All right, I'm going to go over. Okay. So you think think it might be like a dog collar and something else? Yes. All right. Repo man, you try to end the British Bulldogs' career. You put that big rope around my neck, you threw me over the top rope, and you left me there for good, Repo Man. The wounds have healed, but the scars still remain. Repo Man, you can do two things when you kick a dog. 
is like a back door in the corner, or it'll turn round and attack. And I'm not the kind of dog that backs down in a corner. I'm the kind of dog that fights back, me poor man. Now it's my turn to bite the hand of the man who tried to hang me in the middle of the ring. Repo man, the British Bulldog is coming for you. Oh. I was gonna say I was only gonna give him one because I was gonna say he talks about the dog and then he says I'm not the type of dog that, and I was like, alright, that's I'm gonna give him one on that. Because it was like kinda like he was it was all together. He said there's only there's two types of dogs, the one that bites back or the one that fights back and the one that lays in the corner. I'm not the dog that lays in the corner. I'm the one that, all right, I'll give him that. That's one. But then yeah. he said bite the hand, and that's two. I win. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think he had it in him. But David Boy Smith, once again, you continue to amaze. <laughs> United Kingdom's own David Boy Smith out to Collar, the repossessor, Monday oh, night, July 20th. Davey Boy Smith locks up with Repo Man. Although the big boss man is still recovering from a severe beating at the hands of the devastating nails, he claims no injury is going to stop him from finding revenge. The Ultimate Warrior and The Undertaker, they will square off against Papa Shango and the Wild Berserker. And in the main events, it is Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair who will battle it out with the Intercontinental Champion, Bret the Hitman Hart, and the World Wrestling Federation title. You know, that is on a Coliseum video, or it's on, like, the Macho Man unreleased or something, and we need, oh, yeah. we need to watch that match at some point. Yeah. Okay. So, it, it's always funny when we do the TV theme and then, like, the last 20 minutes of the show afterwards, we're just, like, out of gas. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm Hunter, what were your thoughts on Hunter? I always liked Hunter. I don't know why. It was totally, like, an adult show, but I liked it as a kid. Did you know that he was, like, one of the last two people for Sam Malone? And, and he uh, Fred Dreyer, and he lost out to uh, Ted Danson. Wow. And, of course, he ended up playing, like, the local sportscaster on Cheers. Wow. Like, as, as, a, as a character they brought a couple times. But, yeah, that would have been I, a completely different show if it was Fred Dreyer. Yeah, it, it would not have lasted as long. Because Ted Danson is probably, I mean... Yeah, you might not like Becker, but it was on the air for six years, and the good place is outstanding. And I guess you got Mr. Mayor now, which I haven't seen. So, Mr. Mr. Mayor is actually pretty good. Not okay. only that, he plays an awesome version of himself on Curb. Um, you know, don't oh, forget about right. that. But wow, I wonder if I wonder if it was Fred Dreyer if he would have been a retired NFL player because he yeah. really was an NFL player. Yeah, and the, oh. the prop. The problem with that is, uh, is the, the the Patriots were not a big deal in Boston at that time, so yeah. it would yeah. have been it would have been awkward with him being a, a former Patriot. Were you gonna say something about oh, the movie yeah. that's being advertised? Yeah, here? this is my this is my second favorite Ray Liotta movie. Oh, we got Liotta here, yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Laundry. Oh, that cop wants me out of the way because he wants my wife. The number one screen thriller of the year. Stay here and lock the door. Unlawful entry, rated R. Now playing at theaters everywhere. I'm pretty sure that when I'm pretty sure that when we did our Ray Liotta memoriams show, I talked a lot about unlawful entry. 
Yeah, I, I probably, yeah. So I won't go into it again, but if anybody out there hasn't seen Unlawful Entry, you need to watch Unlawful Entry. <laughs> mm. So fucking good. <laughs> you know, we have a backlog of movies we have to cover. Like, I have, I the, I have the DVD of Body Slam. I'm looking yeah. at it right now. Well, I know we're not going to watch uh, Unlawful Entry, so that's fine. Oh, it's the uh, Church of Latter-day Saints ad again. Do you know that? Do you know that he's gonna have one, two, three, four, five movies that are gonna come out posthumously? Really, Oda? Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Of course, he was in the Many Saints of Newark, so uh, he, he's he's in the Sopranos universe, but sure. I don't know. By by all accounts, that's not that movie is not exactly well regarded. No. Yeah. I mean, if you want my opinion, I think he probably got he probably got more love and applause being in Hubie Halloween, which was the uh, Adam Sandler <laughs> Adam Sandler vehicle for Netflix. Actually, I saw Hubie Halloween. It's pretty fucking funny. Mm. Oh, enough of this Heavenly Father's bullshit. <laughs> But but now but now we got the inferior uh, PSA for kids. Yeah. Hey, but why? Don't be a fool. Remember, kids, school's cool. If you wanna be cool, stay in. Motherfucker, I was in between the seventh and the eighth grade at that point. There's no point in time where school is less cool than that. Yeah. Especially if you were like you and I, and probably not the cool kids in school. Seventh grade is the worst fucking grade in school. I mean, there's... For, for all but like one boy and one girl. Do you ever notice that? Like one, like the kid, the the boy and the girl who are like the top most popular kid and kid and girl and boy and girl yeah, in yeah. school. They have a good time in school in seventh grade. Everybody yeah, it... else doesn't. Yeah, if if you enjoyed seventh grade, something's wrong with you. Yeah. Oh, next week. And a special interview with one of my favorite oh. man, the Repo Man. Well, I already oh. told you that during my late, late night text storm. <laughs> Repo yes. Man's got the platform interview. Repo Man. <laughs> oh, no, no, and I also sent you the text saying Repo Man is the balls. <laughs> yeah. He is the balls. Papa Shango! Oh, what a show. Oh. <laughs> Papa Shango? Papa Shango? Satanic black magic. Yeah. Sick shit. That's right. If I didn't, if I didn't play that, I, I would feel lost. That's right. Oh. oh, and an update on the boss man. Nice. Well, it's good since they're promoting him for the house shows already. And yeah, Brett, oh. Brett is... Uh, who bats lead off? I'm gonna say Brett bats lead off. Uh, you would be correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. His match is against Lombardi. I'm sure on the next something to wrestle, it's going to be covered. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Pritchard. Yeah, Pritch Pritchard's not long for the company because uh, let let's just say I don't think him and Stephanie are uh, thickest thieves there. Huh. Well, it is kind of cool. I, I will say I'm actually looking forward to the reign of the real McMahon-Helmsley era, to be honest with you. I'm kind of excited for it because I think it'll lead to much better product um, going forward. I just mm. wonder how long the transition is because I imagine they weren't going in today and rewriting the fucking book, you know? Although you never uh, know. 
Well, I well, it's a huge show. It's MSG. Like they they probably and they they're doing a six man main event that that's yeah. going on right now. Oh, F- fine, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, happened there. Whatever, whatever happened there. But well, I think I'm. Uh, I think yeah. Go ahead. No, I was go. No, oh. you, by all means. I mean, I, I I was pessimistic because oh great, corpse fucking angles and more more heel authority angles because basically that authority angle killed my interest in the product. Like it was yeah. fine when Daniel Bryan was there because Bryan Danielson is one of the greatest wrestlers who ever lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in terms of all around everything that goes into being a pro wrestler. So once he's gone, that whole thing was fucked. And it's like, all right, well, now we're going to make it about like Cena for a little while. And, and then, yeah. then then Lesnar becomes the champion and then like has one match, like the pay-per-view after Summer Sam, and then splits for four months. And they yeah. just make us, oh, so Daniel Bryan got stripped of the title because he, he got injured like the month before. But Lesnar can just fucking jack off on his farm for four months, and it it doesn't matter. I mean, like, yeah. could, could you fucking have anything make sense? I mean, it was that, and, and when Cesaro did a clean job for Rob Van Dam on the, uh, I think it was the SummerSlam pre-show or mm. something. I was like, oh, cl- clearly, I mean, because they. Cesaro had won that battle royal at WrestleMania, and then they fucking turn him heel the next day like a bunch of fucking morons. God. But now he's the ROH world champion when that's literally never meant less. (laughs) We got down, we got up, we got funky, and we got bad. (laughs) There's another dead guy speaking from the grave. I just, I don't, I don't know if there's definitely going to be, like, a lot of authority angles. I feel like, I feel like part of the reason why Stephanie and Triple H were around a lot on television is because you had Vince kind of running the show. I think that now that they're going to be running the show and Triple H is going to be a gorilla every week, I don't think that he's going to be on TV. Plus, I think the fucking heart attack or whatever the heart issues was that happened scared the shit out of Triple H. I really do. Like, I think Triple H is like, he's not going to be like, he's not going to be like Flair in the hospital today and fucking wrestling tomorrow. Like, I think he's done. And I think that he's, he's one of these guys where like, like Austin used to say, I don't want to just go out there and just half-ass something and just, you know, that's why like when Austin finally came back, it was cool because he kind of actually, he did beat the shit out of Kevin Owens for a while. You know, it was kind of fun. I don't think Triple H is that kind of guy. Like, I don't think he's going to come out and do the fucking chops and the knee and the high knee. No, he doesn't want to do it anymore. He's like, if I go out there, there's a chance I'm going to (laughs) die. So, and I think Stephanie's going to be too busy actually running a fucking company now, you know? So hopefully we don't get any fucking angles with authority Uh, figures. uh, I I guess, because... They need to bring back a Jack Tunney. Like, I just want, like, a... I just want a president who is so bland... (laughs) <laughs> that the only t- that when he makes his appearance, it's like funny, you know. Isn't that or like Adam Pierce's basically? Yeah, or... yeah, yeah. Because Adam Pierce isn't an evil authority figure, you know. I don't know exactly what what exactly his role is. Like I, I, I every time he's out there, I was like, why is this guy supposed to fucking matter? Well, uh, th- President Pierce, that'd be really funny if he was like President <laughs> President Adam Pierce. <laughs> He's doing a lot better than uh, Franklin. <laughs> I, 
Yeah, I, I mean, maybe I should give. I'm going to give it a chance just on the basis of of Kevin Dunn. Uh, yeah. Perhaps, perhaps uh, going going out the door, but. Can you do me one favor when you go to SummerSlam? Mm-hmm. Um, can you, if you have a chance, can you take video footage of the actual cameraman doing the Kevin Dunn shaking camera angle thing? If, you can, if it's still uh, happening. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be remotely uh, near any cameraman up in section okay. 312 or wherever uh, the hell I am. Whatever then. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, well, thank you, Pete. <laughs> well, you're, you're welcome. And thank you. For, for for being a part of this thing that you know of ours. never never this thing of ours this little you know you were part of that <laughs> I was you don't ever admit the existence of this thing <laughs> yes that's 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 nice that's nice yeah that's why I do a fucking terrible job marketing the podcast that's nice. Even though, according to Listen Notes, we are in the top 1.5% of all world podcasts. As so, we should be. Yeah. Thank God for all those podcasts in India that probably nobody listens to. <laughs> yeah. Really, really bumps up our uh, our ranking. Well, I just, I really like how whenever anybody on Twitter twi- tweets out to you and then adds my name into it, like five minutes later, I get like a new person that's following me and when i go and i look they also follow you so it's like oh okay good yeah i I, yeah my my civilian account at bruins 309 for all for all your favorite baltimore orioles hot takes sure (laughs) it's literally 80 percent of all my tweets on that on that account is like like during during the summer during the baseball season i was gonna say during off season of bruins hockey but like I don't I don't tweet about the page. In fact, I don't even really tweet about the Bruins that much. No. But but like you know, only uh, when the mood strikes you in a negative way. Th- this is why I'm driving four hours from Nashville to Cincinnati to to go to a baseball game. I mean, I have to change fucking time zones. Like I have to <laughs> leave. I have to leave at like seven in the morning because I lose an hour. Mm. But coming back, I gain the hour, so I'll be able to enjoy the Nashville nightlife. Oh, good. Yeah, well, good. Thank, thank you again. And uh, yeah, if you enjoy this thing of Oz, please leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts wherever fine podcast reviews are accepted, because it provides us no social proof that you are listening to and enjoying this podcast. Now, Keithy is on Twitter at flounder eight two four. Don't text him for any uh, boning advice. Although, although you, you, you didn't look out of place. I have to admit. Mm-hmm. And I'm on Twitter at GFAllentownPod and, of course, the email greetingsfromallentown at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Just create a GFA Live account, but, you know, whatever. Whatever, whatever happened there. <laughs> whatever happened there. Mm-hmm. And please, tune in next time for another exciting edition. Well, actually, we're doing the July 4th one, right? We got it, right? Sure. Yeah. I wonder if Luger is going to be on there doing a promo for Body Stars. Like, oh, just wait till next July 4th. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. (laughs) Good luck and God bless. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Bob Barker reminding you to help control the pet population. Have your pets bitter and Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Tune in next time for another exciting edition. GFA Live.
break up my party. 